With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are now listening to the NYYST podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 212 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And we can't find him. But we got Dan Federico with us this week. Danny, what's up, bud? Oh, what's good, fellas? Happy to be back. I think the last time I spoke to you guys was like playoffs, right before the playoffs, right? So it's been a little while. Yeah. We had Stack Guy Ride, too, but... Yeah, Stack Guy Ride, missing in action. Dude fucking disappeared, man. Just vanished. Uh, episode two one two. That's a that's a New York area code, right? No, that's Detroit, bro. <laughs> Isn't it two one two? Are you everybody from the two one three? Oh yeah, three one three. Put your yeah, show. hands up and follow me. We're gonna really show out on episode nine seven three. No, yeah. Wait, are we gonna make it that long? We're only on probably, what two no, two one two. We're gonna we gotta start doing daily in, pods. We're gonna retire in October. Oops, did I spoil some there? Are uh, we retiring? What if they win know. the world? If they win the World Series, we'll stick around. <laughs> That's up to the fans. We'll ride the they'll, coattails. They'll decide whether or not they want us around in, past October. Mm. Agreed. But uh, <clears throat> Ryan will be joining us in a little bit. And uh, when Ryan joins us, Chris is probably going to take a powder because uh, he's a little under the weather this week. But he's, he's going to fight through it to uh, join us at the beginning of the show here. Yeah, I figured I'd hop on for a little. I also took one of my cough medicine pills. So that's starting to kick in a little too. I'll get a little loopy during the show. It's better than doggy zannies that you pop. Why wow, he's sleeping right now? <laughs> oh man! Don't make me laugh. He's so fat. He's Don't make getting, me laugh. He's getting out of shape. Everybody's yeah. putting on the quarantine fifteen. Even the dog has. Yeah. Listen, I have COVID, yeah. man. You gotta fight it. You gotta just fight it. My wife has it. She's a saint. She's she's way stronger than me. Way stronger than me. You would think she didn't even have it. If it were me, my kids would have been gone. The CDC calls the CDC calls. They go, Are you isolating from your kids? Oh uh, yeah, lady. I'm isolating away from my kids. You want to come fucking take care of them for me? Like what do they what do they expect? You wanna know if I I'm screwed either way. Either either I'm giving my kids COVID or I'm leaving them to to cut things with knives and Take care of themselves for 14 days. You could have sent them to a group home. Oh, a group home, yeah. <laughs> Hi, do you take uh, COVID kids over there? 
Uh, Certainly. All right, so we got a lot of things to jump into today. Uh, the Yankees made a lot of moves while, since the last time we recorded. We uh, we touched on it. The rumors of the Jamison Tyon trade that actually went down uh, Sunday, the day after we recorded. Jamison Tyon is now a New York Yankee uh, four player package headed. I guess you would say headed by Miguel Yahure was probably the top prospect sent over to Pittsburgh. Adam Adovino got his ass sent to Boston. Peace. <laughs> Masahiro Tanaka uh, went back to the recruiting Eagles. So there's a lot of uh, things that happened out in Yankee land in the past week. Uh, but we want to start off the show by saying, if you think this is a five-star show, then you got to leave us a five-star rating. And if you think Dan Federico is a good-looking dude, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Subscribe on, on YouTube. Since, just give these guys the five star, man. No matter what, just drop it in. How about the one? How about the one review? We got to get to that real quick. Uh, listen, oh. if you if you listen to the show genuinely, here's my thing with the review process. You can't review a show based on listening to one show, right? You can't just people who review listen to the show, and we've had bad reviews where people listen and they don't like the direction that the show went. And that's fine. I'm, I'm more than okay with them coming on and saying, look, I used to like the show. Can't listen anymore, blah, blah, blah. But at least you gave it a shot and you're leaving a fair review. There's some people who come on and listen to like 10 minutes of a show and they get offended because we're a little rough around the edges here. And they say, bad show. Bad show. Don't listen. They're mean to Yankee fans because Yankee fans are ridiculous sometimes. And we need to call that out. We can't. We can't. We can't. We can't act like you, everyone is rational here. Well, no. listen, now I'm going to say is that if you are offended by anything that we have said on this show, it's because we're speaking about you. So mm. you cut your bullshit. Right. We're not going to cut it. Well, it's not. I don't think we have bullshit. We tell it like it is. That's it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Look, if you listen to 10 minutes, if, you, you didn't like you it, go away. If you want to live in fantasy land where, you know, you can just trade your starting shortstop and then get a different starting shortstop. Like, oh, yeah, we'll trade. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on all this. But it's just like, you know, my trade simulator says that I can trade. <laughs> I love 14 it. different pieces of, of trash yeah. for Luis Castillo and give him Glaber Torres. And then I can go and have and get Trevor's story. You want to live in that reality? Go ahead. That's not the reality we live in in this uh, on this program. Yeah, they said here. we're not. We don't live in reality. That's what they said, Dan. We don't, okay, so we don't live in reality. Put down your phone. Stop playing on your goddamn trade simulator. And, and you know, maybe you should listen to us more than for 14 minutes and make and make a stupid assumption. Seriously. There we go. I like that. You know what? And, and I said, when you showed me that, it doesn't bother me anymore because you want to know what? All I'm saying to myself is they hate us because they ain't us. They, it's one of, he's one of those people. Yeah. That's it. If you're offended by something that I said, it's because you think I'm speaking about you. Right. And I don't go out of my way to insult people. But if you fall under that category of somebody that's been insulted, that's your problem. That's not my problem. I agree. And when I say tweets, ver literally verbatim of shit that we said on this show, come on, you're not going to attribute to where you heard that? You tweeted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, Dan. Listen, people don't think we're, people, people don't see us as big time, so they'll take what we say verbatim and just start tweeting it out there. Like, we did a whole show last week. Mm-hmm. 
about Cashman, we we started making a joke, and then Ryan did his dead-on impression of Cashman. We did a whole show that Cashman must have a fetish for, like, guys with injuries. Like, the more Tommy Johns that you've had, Cashman <laughs> wants you. Like, Cashman, yeah. just, oh, you've had two Tommy Johns, blah, blah, blah. Someone, yeah. put, someone puts out a tweet. It was like, look at all the guys with Tommy John. It's almost as if Cashman has a fetish for guys with TJ. That was literally, like, the name oh, of the episode. Okay. Like, at so least it, you think you're not going to get caught, but you get caught. You get caught. At yeah. some point, it's like, you know, it's fl- it's uh, flattery at that point. It is. You know? it, listen, I said I'm flattered. I yeah. said I'm flattered. But Still want the attribution, though. I feel that. I feel <laughs> but that. it's like, it's not even that. It's more like they, you know, if they took us seriously, they wouldn't mess around. Like, they wouldn't mess around like that. They would, they would, they would feel the need to give credit. But they don't take us seriously. And, and, and you know, that's where things need to change. But can All I right. make a request? Can we, yeah, st- since I'm not going to be on the show for much longer, can we do? start with the Adam Adovino stuff? Because I got to make sense of this. It, it just, nothing about it's making sense to me. Well, there's plenty that makes sense to me. Yeah, I know. I know for you because you hate the guy. Because he's, well, for those that don't know, the Yankees traded Adam Adovino to the Boston Red Sox and they attached a prospect. Uh, is it Herman or German? But it's, still- I think this one's German. Yeah, I think this one's German, yeah. It's Herman and German. So it's Frank German, a pitcher who uh, I think he's never seen past low A ball. Uh, it got sent to the Red Sox, and the Yankees are just – they didn't even bother to get a return back. A player to be named later or cash. I think the Yankees – so here's what the Red Sox got. I think they got, what, $850,000 of yep. prospect and Adam Adovino, and Brian Cashman was like, nope. That's it. Deal's over. You, you don't even have to send anything back over here. So, um, does he get? Little, does, does Cashman get like? Does he get like free room service when he goes to Boston over over the over the trip? Like, does he get anything from this? I'm sure either they'll get they'll probably have the money returned or they'll get a low level prospect back in return yeah. and later on. But this was a pure salary dump for the Yankees. I hate it. Why do you hate it? I hate it. Because I don't understand the upside to it. And I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here saying that Adam Adovino was anything great over the last year. Because at, they turned around and they saved $7 million and they by signing Darren O'Day. That's was, <laughs> see, the two things are connected right there. Yeah, but. So for $7 million less, they got Darren O'Day and they have $7 million to play with. You trust O'Day more than you trust Adam Adovino? I trust me more than I trust Adam Adovino. Really? So you're that down? Dan, are you that down on Adam Adovino? I guess that's where I'm not connecting because, yes, I'm down on Adam Adovino. I think he really fell off, but the upside to Adam Adovino for this bullpen who is now missing Canely, to me, you don't just get rid of him for nothing at that point. I think there's a lot of guys in that system that they want to give a chance to that we've seen like a Loisaga, I don't know about a King. I think he could still be in the starting rotation, um, that type of, you know, call up. But uh, Nick Nelson, I think they want to elevate some of these guys, like try to start evaluating what they are. Now without Avino, first off, that trade for the Red Sox was great because they could, if he's anything of value, they could flip him at the deadline for more prospects. So I, I think that was a great deal. That's getting high in bloom. That's that Tampa Bay Rays mentality. So uh, not, not surprised at all. But for the Yankees, I think, you know, it's hard to evaluate last year because all of us want to be so excited about Clint Frazier. Mm. won't want to be down on Adam Adovino and Gary Sanchez. So as a whole, I think I probably would have tried to see if 
they could rehab and, and just see what they could find in him. Um, but again, it comes down to the salary, and I think that's that, that's what it was. I mean, that, that call it like it is. They wanted to save that money, and they got that out of it. So that's the decision they made with it. So yeah, they, if you if you go back to sorry, Chris, if you no, go no, back no. to 2019, he wasn't the same pitcher. Well, what starting in August? He wasn't the same no, guy. Adam Adivino hit the Scott Proctor mileage. No, he yeah, was, Boone did. Boone definitely proctored him. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and um. I'm not one for advanced analytics. You know, we talk about it on the show all the time. I hate it. I'm more of an eye test guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But his peripheral stats were terrible. Hard hit percentage, all that other bullshit. He was one. He was wasn't he considered one of the quote luckiest pitchers in baseball in no, 2019? Lou Gehrig was the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I think you're getting the two confused. No, see, so you have COVID and you're comparing it to Lou Gehrig's disease now. I'm also a little loopy. Right now, I took my pill. So Did you know cough medicine comes in a pill form now? By the way, okay, you you said this already. Be, we're we're discussing important things Sorry. now. Got bubblegum flavor or not? No, no man. I fucking, let that. me tell you something, Dan. Great you brought this up. Huh? I gotta say this right now. Amoxicillin, which is what that was, was the greatest stuff. I used to love getting sick just to <laughs> rip the bubblegum. Yeah, and it was it's kind of messed up because like as a kid, you're like, "Mommy, can I have some more?" Like yeah, I wanted it. to take the whole thing at once. <laughs> amoxicillin, baby. Just bring you know, it back. Just, it, bring back amoxicillin. You know you don't get high off amoxicillin, right? No, it just tasted good. And then the doctor used to fuck with you. The pharmacy used to mess with you, and they'd give you the cherry kind once in a while. And you'd oh be like, ma, this God. sucks, ma. Yeah, no, yeah. This sucks. I didn't get sick for this. Great call by you. <laughs> so, so, amoxicillin, I heard, is the COVID cure. They just don't know that yet. <laughs> okay sorry right, Chris. are you done yeah i'm done <laughs> okay i'm letting you have your moment because you won't be here i'm sorry time. i i'm gonna be gone soon too my wife needs to come in she needs to lay down she's she, she's sicker than i am i act like i'm more sick than she is all right well where's your brother i don't know man i, I mean Rod, dan and i can easily carry the show i know you, know you can brother. i know well, you both where, can but where the hell's your brother i don't know man you're closer with him than i am now oh uh, you he's, he's so triggered <laughs> I am. This has made me very. COVID's made me very sensitive, man. Uh, All right. So you want you wanted to discuss Adam Adovino. Let's get yeah. Let's get through this, and then we can. Then I can go. uh, So there's a lot of people that don't even think Adovino was as good as what his 2019 numbers say because his advanced numbers were pretty bad. Apparently, again, I don't pay many much attention to it. It's really comes down to his guy get the outs or not. And apparently, you know, barrel rate and all this other bullshit wasn't really good for him in 2019. Well, Dan's so big in that, stats. Dan's big in the stats. Yeah, Dan, right? I mean, you do a lot of stats, like, yeah. on a daily basis. You you have to, I mean, you, you must know a little more than we would on Adam Adovino, more than just a surface-level guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm on that fence where, like, I'm not completely, I, I believe in analytics. Like, I, I'm not against it, but I think a lot of times people straight up disregard the eye test, which, like Christian, I'm big on the eye test as well. Like, it's, it's a mix of both. But, yeah, Adam Adovino's numbers, you know, 2019 may a little been, may have been a little deceptive. Again, the high salary, I mean, that's kind of what it came down to. It sucks that, as, you know, Yankees fans, people don't want to hear the salary stuff at all. Nobody wants yeah. to hear that. In the end, that's really what it ended up coming down to. Like we said before, last year just, did not have a good year. Obviously lost complete trust within the Yankees during the playoffs. I mean, he was non-factor, as we know. 
they he was the bottom guy on the totem pole. So he wasn't even on the totem pole. Yeah, he was holding the totem pole. So I don't know what he was doing, but he was just yeah, he was he was an odd factor. So um I think no one should be surprised, obviously. I mean, maybe that he got traded to the Red Sox, of course, but um but yeah, I I'm torn. Like I think Bringing Darren O'Day in helps in regards to, you know, filling that void a little bit, just having a veteran piece that could, you know, help pick up the slack. But like I said before, I think they have a lot of faith in these young guys. They want to see what they have in them, which I don't blame them either. I mean, they're on the 40-man roster. you got to make the decision one time or another. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The bullpen uh, is going to be an interesting piece in uh, 2021 because a lot, I don't want to say unknowns, but there's going to be a lot of new pieces in there. Can I just say this before you go, Christian? Okay, because uh-huh. it's really the only point I need to get to on Adam Adovino. I'm okay. I'm not like mad that the Yankees are trying to 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 shave off some salary. You know, I I I'm fine with that. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of like, how much did you really save, and was it worth it? Because again, if Tommy Canley was here and if Tommy Canley was healthy, I might I probably would say, okay, this is cool. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But we saw how much it hurt the Yankees to not have Tommy Canley in the in the postseason and to have Adam Adovino not be effective. So what's the upside? Like we talk about what's we talk about like, okay, why would the Yankees give her to Gary Sanchez right now? He's not worth anything, right? Mm-hmm. Just like a- a- Adam Adovino isn't. And and if he hits his ceiling, if he if you get the most out of him. He's worth keeping because the guy's very talented. And I think Adam Adovino at this point, when you have a little bit of a more of a vulnerable bullpen than the Yankees are used to over the last couple of years, you need Adam Adovino to show up. You need Adam Adovino to show up and be the guy that you signed him to be. And instead, you're you're sending him off for what did we say? They're saving after getting O'Day. They're saving what? Seven? About seven million. Yeah. Come, yeah. So, so for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to put that into O'Day who don't get... Look, don't get it twisted. O'Day is going to give you just as much as Adam Adovino is going to give you. I'm sorry. I, I mean, we've seen O'Day for how many years? Yeah, I think he's like 13 years in the yeah, league. Come on, like, like he's going to give you just that. Is he a lefty? No, he's a righty. He's a righty. I know he's the sub. He go, he's got the yeah. the sling there. But uh, look, what more are you going to get from him than Adam Adovino? And you're saving seven million. Adam Adovino's ceiling at that point, the upside to Adam Adam Adovino, and if he showed up to be the guy that you know he could be, it's it just not worth it for me to get rid of him for that. Uh, that's just my opinion on it. Because I just think you leave the bullpen in such a vulnerable place at this point. Yeah, but they already brought in his replacement. Yeah, but that that's the thing. But, it's what, a, but what? But what? They brought in his replacement. You you have to understand something. You, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe O'Day surprises me. I think if you look at his numbers throughout the course of his career, uh, he's been way more consistent than Adam Montevino's ever been. I'll tell you what, uh, as long as he won't be facing the... I used to hate when that guy used to come in against the Yankees. Yeah. I, I used to really hate watching him. The Yankees bringing in some guy to uh, get big outs in a game that doesn't throw... Uh, what's he top out at, like 86 miles an hour? Yeah, last year I think his fastball average was like 87. Yeah, I but think. that thing rises. That thing comes up, yeah. and he has an effective fastball. He's no, but I'm, Look, he's been he's been in the league, you said, 13 years. He's been a good reliever. Yeah, yeah. so they already brought in his replacement. This is a guy in Adam Adovino that you and I both watched Adam, Adam Aaron Boone have absolutely no faith in. Who, who am I thinking? I, I'm having, you know, my brain's fried right now. Who's the guy who, he, who Boone was bringing in... Uh, 
in big spots in the postseason before Adam Adovino this year? It was Loisica. Loisica. Loisica, yeah. Yeah, J-Lo coming in in spots where Adam Adovino's just sitting there freezing in the bullpen. Yeah. What are you doing? I mean, it, it that at that point, you say it's no longer about no faith. It's no longer about doesn't have enough faith. It's literally no faith. It's literally yeah. nothing. You're not even a consideration. You shouldn't even have been on the roster. You, at that did point, you watch, you, there was only six games last year, so I'm going to assume that you saw most of them. Did you see a guy on the mound that had any confidence in what he was throwing? No, not once. Okay, not once. Okay. So how can you, how can you feel anything but saying, you know what, goodbye? He had no confidence in himself. His manager had no confidence in himself. We're in a year where the Yankees want to get under the luxury tax, and he's making nine million dollars a year. You're going to let that sit out in the bullpen? And what? So he can mop up a few games in April, and then you know you. You gotta him. hope he can come back though stronger than that. That's my and thing. It, and it's still, me, Adam Alvino. I yeah, think. Yeah, but he's what does it tell that. you about what the Yankees think about him and what he might have left in a tank <laughs> yeah. when they traded him to Boston? Okay, I mean the Yankees haven't been wrong in the past. Oh, but I'm going to take this at face value based on what I saw over the last year and a half. I'll say and this: now that they they didn't even. Con- care they don't even care where this guy went i'll say this last thing i'll say before i go dan thank you for coming on you're the man i hope for yankees for yankee fans sake for brian cashman's sake that whenever this guy gets on the mound against the yankees they light him up and not the opposite and that's all i'll say he can strike out Babe Ruth, so I'm sure he'll get Stanton, right? Yeah, I guess. Stanton, Sanchez, man, those those could get ugly, man. You can see it just now. <laughs> oh, forget it. It's, it's, you know what they'll do? They'll fuck, they'll put they'll put Adam Adovino out there for Stanton, for Stanton, and maybe Judge or whatever, and then they'll ship him out into into left field and wait for Sanchez to get up, and then bring him back on the mound just to pitch to him, just so he could have wow. three strikeouts. Yeah, when he hangs that fucking slime <laughs> over the middle of the It's crazy. All right, guys. Yeah. I'm out. I'm gonna Where's go tend to, back, my, tend to my fa- I don't know. When he when he figures his life out, his internet just crashed. Like I think So this is so this isn't just an internet thing, this is a life thing. This is a life thing. This is a life thing. It's like Barry Zito. You know, Barry Zito never had TV, never had internet, nothing. Hated baseball. Guy hated right, so baseball. So you're leaving. So you're leaving. So, you know, tomorrow night is the Royal Rumble. So that's what Dan and I are going to talk about for the next hour. That's fine, man. As long as I'm not here for it. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks. I I have all the faith in the world that you guys will carry the show without me. All right. Don't worry about it. Okay. (laughs) Shunsuke Nakamura. (laughs) All right. So, uh, we we wish Chris to feel a little bit better. Not all the way better. Just a little bit. Uh, so it's just Dan and I right now until we can find stack guy, right? Uh, so, you know, what do you, what was your initial take on the, uh, we'll move off of Adam Adovino here. Cause I don't know really what else we need to talk about to, unless you want to add something else to it. To me, I did, I guess the most shocking thing was that he was traded to Boston, yeah. but I mean, again, like. You would know, like it was Cashman really, he was probably shopping him. Did, to me, it just shows that they're not really concerned with what this guy's gonna this guy's gonna come back and do. Yeah, I, I think like we were saying before, it's like connecting the dots. He didn't do anything in the playoffs. He struggled, high salary. Um, 
they were obviously going to get rid of him. So, like you said, it was the Red Sox thing. Last time was 2014 that they made a trade. Stephen Drew for Kelly Johnson. So, oh, yeah, big, big time. Both both uh, both teams, uh, career players there. So, um, yeah, it was that was a real one shock. Like I said before, though, smart move for the Red Sox to, to give them credit. You have to. I mean, they could flip him. If he shows any competence, team looking for a bullpen piece, flip him at the deadline, get some more prospects. I like it for them, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like I said, kind of connecting the dots looked like his career was over. Kind of sucks too. Cause he was a big Yankee fan growing up, but you know, it is what it is. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know, man. I, maybe it's just the way I feel about the way that it kind of ended here for him, that he was just such a non-factor. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I just, it, it's I know people are like oh Boston but I guess that's just the one thing it's just like if he would have won anywhere else would, you wouldn't even think twice about what no. this trade is no not at all uh but the Yank that wasn't the only trade that Brian Cashman made during the week as we alluded to early on in the show here uh Jamison Tyon was traded to the Yankees we heard a lot of rumors about that leading into when we recorded last Saturday night we're recording Saturday night again here on on January 30th it's about eight o'clock Tyon's a Yankee uh there's two ways that we could we'll discuss this. The first, oh, that may be probably three. Uh, we'll get to what the Yankees gave up in a little bit because I, I need to find the full package. I can't find it right now. But uh, there's a couple things. The first thing is when I guess when Garrett Cole speaks, Brian Cashman listens. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Garrett Cole has, has uh, very glowing reviews of Jameis and Tyon here. Uh, they were teammates out in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, and, you know, he, he basically went to, uh, to bat for Tyon and said, this is a guy that you want to you want to basically go to war with. And here he is. And I, I understand from, if you want to look at it from a different perspective of what Trevor Bauer is, I understand the Yankees aren't playing in that, that uh, financial marketplace, but also Cole doesn't like him. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of, it, I mean, if you're going to pay a guy what they paid Garrett Cole, I guess you're also going to listen to what he says about who maybe you want to bring in on this pitching staff. Of course. So, not taking into account what the Yankees gave up, what was your what's your thought on tie on to the Yankees? Um, I mean, it seems like a typical Cashman move where uh for pitching anyway, you know, where he's got the name, he's showed potential in the past injuries have been an issue and uh it's a risk and that's a lot of times what happened with with cashman's moves with pitching i mean there's always that risk reward factor where you don't really know where you're going to end up on it but uh when you factor in uh what he can do what he's been um i know tyan has changed a lot of his approach he said that in a bunch of interviews um his repertoire he's going to approach things differently uh, when he's on the mound um so there's a lot of hype around him obviously the relationship with cole like you said played a huge factor I mean, you have to like the deal. They needed pitching help. Um, all the prospects they traded, I mean, Yahuri and Contreras, 40-man guys, you know, Yahuri was really good. I thought he was going to make uh, more of an impact last year, um, and I thought definitely this year as a bullpen piece, you know, potential starter, uh, especially with the Pirates, I think he'll get a chance to be in the rotation. Contreras, same thing. Um, he's a little bit further away, but he's somebody who could be a starter, and especially with a team like the Pirates where he could step in. They don't have much help. Uh, regardless. So he could be somebody who could make an impact. Um, and you knew the Yankees had to clear up that 40 man roster space anyway. So um, I, I, in the end, uh, a risk reward is there, but I, I like the move. I think, I think he's going to be of good help next year. 
yeah, like you you had mentioned, this is a typical Cashman move here. It's just for me, it's it doesn't erase again. We talked we talked about this on the show in previous weeks, and especially last week when there, there was really a lot of smoke around this this trade rumor here. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't erase any of the question marks the Yankees have in the rotation past Garrett Cole. Yeah. On paper, you look at Tyon, who is what a former number two overall pick, and the stuff mm-hmm. that he has, and the fact you know and Garrett Cole goes out of his way to say how great he is and you you like that he's working and that he's going to be ready and everything. But again, this guy hasn't pitched in almost two years. You're bringing in Corey Kluber on a one-year deal. Again, somebody that hasn't pitched in almost two years. And then you want to say Jordan Montgomery, who really hasn't pitched. And he made a requisite number of starts based on, you know, what we what people were doing in 2020 based on a 60 game season, but he's another guy that hasn't logged a lot of innings because he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. You've yeah. got Davey Garcia, who's going to be on an innings limit. You want to even say Clark Schmidt is a guy that they can throw in their innings limit and Seve, We heard Brian Cashman was doing the, the round yesterday. He's saying late, you know, late summer, which people were saying, you know, late July, early August. So now you're going to be without him. And then when he comes back, what's he going to be doing? Working himself back into shape. So the hopeful thing is that Seve's ready to go when it matters most in October. So then you compare him, you know, but again, do you feel any better? I mean, I guess you do in a sense, but do you really feel any better about the Yankees rotation with Kluber and Tyon? I mean, again, like they, like I was saying, they don't eliminate any of the question marks that, on this team. That I, you know, I said the same exact thing. It's Cole and question marks. That's the rotation. Um, based on, like you said, Cashman was doing rounds yesterday. It seems like they're going to go quantity this year. They 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 don't mind um, cycling through nine, ten starters because you're obviously going to see Cole at the top, Tyon Kluber, both you know coming back from seasons that were lost. So they're going to be question marks, as you said. Davey Garcia, I did like a lot out of him last year, uh, but he's going to be somebody, again, like you said, innings limit. Clark Schmidt, going to get a chance. We don't know. Domingo Herman coming back, another one who missed all of last year. Um, some of these other guys, Nick Nelson may get a chance. You don't know. Or, I'm sorry, not Nick Nelson. Mike King, he'll be somebody who will probably see some starts as well. Jordan Montgomery, uh, his second year off of Tommy John, which, fortunately, that second year is the one where you really start to see something. So I think there's a chance that Montgomery kind of re- recovers well. But he's also, you know, as a whole, you're not going to see him as a number two starter, number three starter. He's a back-end guy, a solid back-end guy, but a back-end guy nonetheless. So I think you're going to see a lot of pitchers. against Severino, too. Um, Cashman kind of hinted yesterday when he was on WFAN about um, about him possibly doing different roles. So maybe an opener. I don't know about a complete bullpen guy, but, you know, maybe going two, three innings and piggybacking him with someone else. Um, it's going to be interesting. I didn't hear that. I don't like that idea, to be honest. Yeah, he said he, he they'll deploy him in different situations if needed, sort something along those lines. I wouldn't even mess around. With if, he, if he's not – if he can't go out there and give you four, even four or five innings, I wouldn't even bother with him. This no, week. I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of question marks for a team that you think is going to compete for a world series. Now you could say the first half of the season, they're going to deploy all these guys and whichever ones really shake out, then they'll shape that way. The second half of the season, which, Hey, their offense could carry them to a lot of wins. So it's possible. Um, but for a team that has world series aspirations, I don't know if this is the best way to go, but it is the way this team can win 95 to hundred games sleepwalking through this season. Yeah, I think so. So I mean, division. The, the, the Rays taking a step back, losing, um, you know, Blake Snell, 
the Blue Jays, their offense is going to be good. They have no pitching, and they're still young. I mean, I'm not doubting them at all. They have a great team. They just signed Springer. Great pickup. Um, but I'm not one is Hinjin Ryu. I don't. I don't respect your pitching staff. I'm sorry. I don't. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be shootouts. It's going to be shootouts all day with them. Obviously, Orioles, Red Sox, you know, is what it is. So I, I don't think there should be an issue. I mean, we know injuries happen all the time, but. But it has that hampered. I mean, like, I think last year, we didn't, I don't know if we, ever, we touched on this with you last time we talked to you, but I think last year with the expanded postseason and the 60 games, I don't think the Yankees ever put the pedal to the metal in the regular season. No, I think they settled good. into they settled into a certain spot, and they were okay with that. Yeah, I agree. They were they wanted to make it through and just get to the playoffs, which they did. So, um, yeah. I, they had the, pitch, the hot start, and then they sucked for a while. We were like 5-15 and 15 or something. And yeah. then once they reeled off that, what was it, 10 in a row they won there in the yep. in that, that second part of, their, of the season? Once mm-hmm. they won that 10 in a row there, they were they were guaranteed, They were were pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot. I understand that it got a little dicey there. Maybe they were like only two, three games up at one point. Mm-hmm. But you never really felt like that they were ever going to fall out of a postseason spot because, again, you kind of felt like they were just going to turn a switch on, win four or five games, and that would be the end of it. Yeah, especially like you said with the expanded playoffs, always assumed they were going to make it. Um, so, no, go ahead. Sorry, I, I, you know, this is the problem. We're getting old, bro. You just fucking forget what you're going to say in the middle of your sentence. Uh, I don't know. To me, like you, like we were saying, like yeah, people are going to. I don't even remember how many games they won last year. Like 33, 34 of way under what their their total was probably mm. supposed to be. But. Yeah, I don't know Oh, because we're talking about injuries. But back in uh, 2019, I remember that series they had in San Francisco when Luke Voigt was wearing the title belt on, on the flight home. That was yeah. an that was an atrocious lineup. I don't. That just goes to show you uh, how bad San Francisco probably was. I think the Yankees swept that series, or they took yeah. two out of three. But those lineups they were throwing out there, they were terrible. But the Yankees still what won 103 games that year. Mm-hmm. So I think over the course of 162, they'll find ways to get to. To the, to the number they need to win a division. But then once the playoffs come, man, we all know it's a pitching game. That's what it is. So, I mean, between the questions now that we have with the bullpen where, you know, there's still a lot of high power there, but not all of it. And, you know, Darren O'Day's still a question mark. Aroldis Chapman has been good, but, you know, he's not at his peak either. Um, you know, Zach Britton, Chad Green, very good, but, you know, they fluctuate as well. And then starting rotation. I mean, they, like you said, there's a lot of question marks. Like I said before, I think it's really going to be a, you know, see how it goes the first half, use a lot of guys, see who shakes out, and then hope you can figure out the five second half. If you have to make a trade, they'll make a trade, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, there's an interesting name that you brought up, and I, and we, we've we said this, and we're just going to go based on Domingo Herman, the baseball player. What mm. he did was was – you know, you don't excuse it. It's terrible what he did. But if he's going to be here, we're going to discuss him as a baseball player. Yeah. So to me personally, I think Domingo Herman is best suited to be in, in that bullpen. I remember, I think it was in, it was 20, it had to be 2019, when CC made his first or second start of the year and he piggybacked CC. That yeah. was as dominant as I ever seen Domingo Herman look in the major league on a major league mound. So to me, I'm saying to myself, if we can get this guy in maybe Chad Green's old role where mm-hmm. maybe he pitches two or three times a week and he gives you two innings or two and a third innings to come and bridge, you know, you know, bridge from the fourth to the seventh or whatever, that's his best role for me. Yeah, I 100% agree. Again, um, I'll say complete scumbag, by the way. Like, person, what he did was just completely wrong. I don't agree. Obviously, like you said, 
we'll talk baseball player. Um, don't want to condone obviously what he did, but um, as a baseball player, I 100% think he should be that role where he is multi-inning reliever coming in after you know Davey Garcia pitches three innings, struggles. Have this guy come in and do three innings. Jordan Montgomery can't go the distance. All right, have him bridge the gap multiple times a week. Literally exactly what you said. He's effective. Again, he missed last year. We don't know how his training's been. He struggled in the winter league. Um, so let me ask you this: What do you take out of that, though? Because Chris brought that up a few weeks ago, and I don't know what to take out of it other than the guy. He's getting work in. Yeah, take so, a lot. Of, do you take a lot out of it? Do you, maybe that he's just going to be a you know a bum this year because he struggled in the winter league. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like what I was saying about uh, Frazier and Arvino, where you know if you lit it up, we'd be like, like everybody would be hyped over him. And they struggled. You kind of want to say, all right, it was small, but he did miss a year. So you have to give him time. I mean, I'm not going to judge him off of what happened. You obviously hope he did better. But, um, I mean, I know they've spoken about him being a rotation piece. I think Cole, Kluber, Tyon, Montgomery, Davey, I think that's what I, that's what I would that's, do. That's, that's how I would go to start. The yeah, game. I think that's, that's probably how I would go to start. The season. Yeah, so I think that's what it should be. And like you said, Herman in the bullpen, if he gets back to form, that's a weapon. He is a weapon out there. So, and like you said, Chad Green of two, three years ago where he could do that. So I I think that would be the best role um, that he could be in if he comes back or when he comes back. I know it's, it's shitty that you get put in a position as a sports fan and you have to root for bad people, but you know, we almost forget about a role as Chapman, be, but he, of course. what he did, I mean, you know, you could say that his the girlfriend or wife dropped charges or whatever, nothing was ever filed. He still got into a fight with her, tried to choke her, didn't try to choke her, whatever, and then went to and shot a gun in his garage. That's not normal behavior. No, no, I mean, he's another one. Yeah, I, again, we won't have to stray too far, but we have to analyze how they're going to be on the field. That's what we do. But yeah, I mean, I know. that's what I'm obviously. saying. And people, yeah. people are like, oh, how could you know what? There's bad people everywhere. We're going to discuss a baseball team. We're going to discuss these guys on the field. You know, you just hope that. Yeah, it, the transgressions are behind them. That's all you can really do at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, Davey Garcia is an interesting name. I think we all pretty much liked what we saw at Davey Garcia last year. Sure. There's there was a little bit of a red, red flag for me because if you want to say his two biggest outings of the year, I know really in the long the the grand scheme of things, the game that he pitched against the Red Sox really didn't mean a lot. But yeah. he put a lot of pressure on himself in that game, being that he. Uh, Pedro Martinez is his idol and yep. you know really Pedro is known as a Red Sox right um, and he went and he pitched in, up in Fenway Park he got rocked in that game yeah and I you could okay. and then you could say it was one inning and mm-hmm. we don't we don't mention this guy's name on the show anymore he's we're banning even guests are not allowed to mention it. the person that followed David Garcia into the game in game two we banned mm-hmm. his name from the show even okay. though it was one inning yeah, and he was replaced. He looked very jittery out on the mound in in the first inning. Again, his postseason game, kid was what twenty one years old. Yep. But the two most high profile settings that he was in, you, you saw a little nervousness out of him. Is that would you just attribute maybe that to being twenty one years old, putting maybe putting a little bit too much pressure on yourself, or maybe is this a guy that can't handle the brighter lights? And if you want to add another level to that, no fans. Imagine a packed out Fenway, right? Or you know wherever they, I don't know. No, the Yankees were away. Yeah, Peco, or, you know, if they, well, I mean, if they were at uh, in Tampa, it would have been Yankee Stadium South. But um, th- I don't want to put stock into it because 
he, you know, like you said, he's young. He's going to put pressure on himself. He's a highly touted prospect. You know, the expectation is a high for him regardless. So, you know, and it was his first taste of, you know, the rivalry and the playoffs. I mean, Severino had a lot of the same blips as well right. uh, throughout his career. So you, you got to hope. I what time the start was too, right? Yeah, too many things with him. But um, I did like a lot of what I saw at Davey. I know, I mean, I'm not trying to say I was harsh on him, but based on what I heard from scouts and opposing people on ball clubs, nobody really thought he would make a real impact as a starter. They thought, if anything, he'd be a reliever. But he did work on his control a lot. He, he showed some serious flashes where going into 2021, as a 4-5 or five starter, I'm letting him go. I, I think you have to give him that chance, especially based off last year. So um, I definitely wouldn't put too much stock into it personally. Um, you know, there's always going to be a concern there. You want these guys to perform. But at the same time, it was his first taste. Um, give him the benefit of the doubt being a young guy. Um, like you said, Boston, his idol, Pedro Martinez, um, wearing the 45 belt. I mean, there was a lot to it. So, um, but, you know, at the same time, young kid, first-time circumstances, why not give him a second chance sort of thing? No, I, I'm I'm okay with that. I, I'm advocating for him to be in rotation. Yeah, it's of course. Just that when, like you said, it's, it's the only taste that you have of this guy. So you're going to make assumptions based on what you've seen off of him. And that did make me a little, a little nervous myself watching. You just hope that he can handle it because I think the Yankees do have um, high hopes for him. Yeah, uh, certainly. I mean, I like I said before, um, even though, you know, he was being touted a lot by the Yankees, you, would, you so was Chance Adams, and so was a lot of these guys. So based on what I was hearing from scouts, I was like, I just don't know what he's going to be. But he showed enough. I think he showed a good amount last year. Um, he came in, did his job. Like you said, he's he's going to be on innings limit this year, so it's going to be kind of tough. But, again, that's where Herman could step in and kind of piggyback off him. But uh, like we both said, rotation guy for sure, at least to start. And uh, I – I don't want to say, like, I'm not going to be upset if he flames out, but I have high expectations for him at the same time, too, to start the year. So I'm going to be upset if he flames out just because I think the Yankees are banking on him being a piece of that rotation for the next four or five years. Uh, good point. Good point. Uh, be, you know, you, you just don't know. You, you, you get the sense that the Yankees don't want to – They, I hate, I hate when people call the Yankees cheap. I don't think they're cheap. If you're playing in a market where your payroll is constantly one, two, you're sitting right up against two ten. You're not being cheap. And honestly, and, and I contradict myself all the time. And I say, this is 2021. We were sold a bill of goods in 2016 when Cashman really took the reins of this team, you know, mm -hmm. Beltran, Chapman, Miller, we can go through the list of the guys he traded you know, Judge got a shot, Sanchez got a shot, and, and, and you know, Roland Glaber, all that stuff. We don't have to go over it again. And they said, you know, we, you know, 17 was a magic carpet ride. We really didn't expect anything in 18 because we were always told that they would really be ready to go in 2019. 2019 came, they lost in the ALCS, and then it was because, oh, we didn't have the ace. We were waiting for the ace. Well, last year we got the ace, and you want to give him a pass now because COVID, 60-game season, Fair or not fair, you give them a pass. Now 2021 is here. We're really now into the third year of this window that Cashman set himself, right? I didn't set that. That was told to us by the general manager of the team. You don't want to hear about the luxury tax. So you're saying you got to do what you got to do to get this team over the hump. But at the same point, if you can't build a championship team for 210, maybe you need to bring in somebody else that can build a championship team for 210. And I think Cashman's done a really good job. Some of these moves that he's made in this offseason are really shrewd and 
but they're also cashman moves. He really didn't go out there and do anything that really shocked anybody. He brought in two starting pitchers that have injury histories. You know, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, they're cashman moves. That's what it is. He loves doing these um, high risk, high reward. Now, I think when he's trading for a minor league hitter, um, at this point, all in on whoever he brings in because look who he's got: Luke Voigt, Aaron Gio Hicks, Urshela. Gio Urshela. You could go down the list. He's brought in so many guys, finds those diamonds of the rough, but it's the pitching that's always the issue. When he trades for these guys, it doesn't end up working out. The guy who you don't want me to name, uh, go back <laughs> a little further, Nathan Ivaldi, things like that. I mean, yeah, he yeah. Tra- Javi Vasquez before that. I mean, he brings in guys, he risks it. Jeff Weaver, you could go on and on. These these names that it's calculated. Jared Wright. Jared Wright. I mean, dude, how, we could we could do a whole episode just on pitching <laughs> that he's made that haven't worked out. And Kluber and Tyon could very well be on that list. And I don't want to put negative doubt on it. I'm not trying to say they will be, but it's that high risk, high reward. And like you said, I mean, I I fully believe that if the Yankees got rid of Cashman, he would get hired tomorrow by someone else. I think anybody would love to have him, truly. But at the same time, while people say they're cheap, they still have the highest payroll. They're still spending more than anybody. So, you know, so at some point you got to go for the jugular. And I think he tries his best to not go for the jugular. And he wants to do, like you said, the shrewd moves, the ones that, okay, they'll surprise people. And now it's been how many years that that hasn't worked. I mean, whether people wanted it or not, 2017 was the first year of the window. We didn't expect it, but it was. 2018 didn't happen. 2019 didn't happen. You know, we could say it was the Astros, but either way, it still didn't happen. 2020 pandemic didn't happen. 2021, man, this window it's not as open as it was. It's not fully shut. I'm not saying that either, but it's getting close. They're closing it a little bit. So no, I keep I keep saying that. I'm in total agreement that I don't I think this window is closing a lot faster than a lot of fans think that it is. Yeah, me, I, you don't yeah. want to you don't want to keep wasting Garrett Cole's prime years. Eventually that contract is going to become an albatross to this team. We all know it, but we're all okay with it because of what he means to this team. And it was the the guy that you had to go and get. So you're okay with having to kind of, you know, deal with it in the back end, but you can't waste the front end of it. And year one is already gone. Yeah. So you now you need to tell me that you're still short and starting pitching after getting your ace. And your answer to that is letting basically, I guess, your most reliable starter for over the last seven years go back to Japan and then replacing him and replacing Paxton and replacing whoever else with two guys that are haven't pitched in almost two years. So, you know, you, you, you got to start looking at the guy fielding the team and not so much the resources that he's being given, because I'm, in my opinion, as much as I'm going to sit here and say 2021, I don't want to hear about the luxury tax, how I, I, I can't hear it. You, everybody is dealing with a lot of different things. Because of the pandemic, don't tell me that, you know, your losses, you know, blah, 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 whatever. You're still sitting sitting pretty, a yeah. lot prettier than a lot of other people are. You can afford to, to bump the payroll to 225, 230. But at the same time, I understand where he's coming from and saying, you're getting $210 million to give me a champion. Why can't you do it? Yeah, especially when you see teams like the Rays who beat the Yankees and what's their payroll? They so, wiped you know, the floor with the Yankees last year. Yeah. Let's be honest, they oh, did. Yeah, they're a much better team. And even though they traded Snell and, you know, they're not, I don't want to say rebuilding, but they're still going to be a problem next year. They're always a problem. It doesn't matter. They just turn out players like it's nothing. So 
I mean, they're a team that won't go away. And like you said, they should be able to win with 200 times. You have to find a way. People are finding a way. Look at the Dodgers. We have, the Yankees have a higher payroll than the Dodgers. They're always finding a way. They're consistently been the best team in the National League for how long now? So the, the Dodgers are a team. I know a lot of people say they want to model the Yankee, uh, the Rays, I'm sorry. But I think it's more the Dodgers that they should want to model because they're the ones who spend money as well. And they're still able to make it out and make it to the World Series and do their thing. So um, I don't know. Like you said, it's it's tough. I don't want to say they're cheap. I don't want to go that route just because, you know, they're still spending the most money out of anybody. But, you know, you you, you think they'd be able to get a winner out of this roster. So what it overall, we'll wrap up the, what we're talking about, Ty, and we'll move on to a few other things here before we close out the show here. Uh, so is Ron, and I'm probably butchering these guys' name, Ronzi Contreras, a pitcher, infielder, Michael Escado, outfielder, Conan Smith, and, and again, we alluded to this because we saw him a little bit last year, uh, pitcher Miguel Yahure. What did you think of the package the Yankees sent to Tyon, uh, for Tyon? I, I think, you know, for the from the Yankees, I don't think it'll be anybody – That'll be missed. Like Escado, Smith, they're not going to make an impact anytime soon. I'm not saying they won't be major league baseball players, but on the Yankees, they're not, you know, going to do anything in this window, which is most important. Tyon will help in the window. They won't. So I kind of put those guys okay, give the, the prospects there. Yahuri, like I said before, I think he would have been a, a bullpen option this year. I was surprised he wasn't last year. Um, he's really good. Again, I think the Pirates should um, – make him a starter, try him out there. Why not? Especially when you're the Pirates, who you're not going to be good next year anyway. Same with Contreras. I mean, when you think of the Yankees, he probably would have fell into the reliever role. But when you're with the Pirates, you know, you could get a starter. And you get two potential starters out of a trade like that, cheap, cost nothing. I know one rival executive who I spoke with said he liked the package for the Pirates. I mean, not crazy upside. The Yankees didn't give up, you know, top prospects or anything. But for a Pirates team, that's not going to be any good. Bring in some arms, try them out. You know, it's not not going to hurt them. So I think it was a good trade for both sides. I, I really, um, like I said before, I, none of these guys were really going to be impact players in this window. And at this point, when you're a team that's contending, you're just looking for who could help within that window. So back to Adovino real quick because I wanted to touch on that guy, German, Frank German, that got sent out there. <laughs> what Just to, for fans that probably just heard his name for the first time because uh, he was traded in this Adovino thing, that's not anything that is going to come back and bite the Yankees in the ass in four or five years, you think? I mean, he's a low-A guy, so it's like it's a crapshoot to me. Um, he had some good numbers down there, so I'm not going to say he wasn't any good. But on the surface, no. And, you know, if they win a World Series next year, no one will care anyway. But, I mean, you never know. These guys, you, people develop at different rates, different, you know, guys who don't think they're going to be that good come up and, you know, flip, flip the switch. But I think he's... German is so far away that, you know, at, at some point, I mean, the way Yankees Twitter goes, people are going to roast him if he, you know, gets called up in three years and he, you know, it's it's going to, you know, if he if he turns out to be something good, they'll forever hate uh, the Cashman for making this trade. But um, I don't think he should be anybody Yankees fans should worry about losing. So you, you, you brought up something interesting there. You said none of these guys are going to um... – make an impact in this window right mm-hmm. which is why i've been in that now again i don't know i know there's rules against trading guys like if there's certain uh certain points in their development or whatever you can't actually trade them or whatever so i i might be have been talking out of my ass for the past few weeks that they might not even be able to trade dominguez but to me if he's available to be traded 
And, you know, you got a guy like Luis Castillo or um, uh, who's the other guy? Don't get old, bro. Seriously. <laughs> Kyle Hendricks that are available oh. to you. And Jason Dominguez is standing in between uh, you getting those two, one of those two guys. Don't you almost have to, you have to make that trade. I mean, at this point, the hype is so crazy with him that I just want to see him, like see what he could do on the Yankees. But if it's for a superstar, if it's for like Juan Soto, and they say we want Jason Dominguez, give me Juan Soto all day. Like I'll take him. And truthfully, I bring Juan Soto up because the Yankees hope that Dominguez could turn into him because after I think it was like two years of being signed, he was in the big leagues. Um, I have no idea, you know what. Dominguez could be. I mean, the hype is so unreal that who knows what he's going to be. And he's so young and just like hasn't played professional baseball. So I, I agree with the overall sentiment where I'd rather trade. I always say this on Twitter. I'd rather trade for the what is than keep the what if like Clark Schmidt could be uh, Luis Castillo. So trade for, so trade them, trade, trade for each other. You know, I, I'm a big believer in that. Get the young minor league, play, uh, get the major league player who's young in his prime for a prospect who may or may not be. That's why, you know, thinking back to James Paxton, did it work out? No. But trading Justice Sheffield, who, if he could be as good as James Paxton, why not trade him for James Paxton? You know, like I, I'm a big believer in the prospects for, for the player who is. So, grand scheme of things, yes, right package comes along. I wouldn't turn down Jason Dominguez, but selfishly, want to see what this Martian could be in the Bronx instead of somewhere else. No, I can, I, I guess I see what you're saying, but I'm also at the point now where I want to win in. I oh think yeah. You're Hendricks right. Or, or Castillo would be the guy to eliminate those question marks that we were talking about. Yeah. You stick them behind Garrett Cole and then you want to play around with what maybe Tyon can do or what, or what <laughs> Kluber could do. You feel a lot better about the Yankees rotation at that point. And, I, I've been calling this kid a myth, the fairy tale, a comic book character, because yeah. to me, he's not real right now. No, he's I not agree. Real. You know, you can you see these other outlets tweeting pictures of of uh, of um, Dominguez hitting hitting ball, hitting the ball, taking batting practice in the cage. Great. Okay, what does that mean to me right now? What is that going to do to help the Yankees win this year? To me, yeah. the only thing that it could do to help the Yankees win this year is to send him somewhere that brings back the Yankees a player that they really need. And I'm not saying that. You know, because you heard some, maybe heard some of the outrageous trade, uh, you know, returns that some of the teams wanted for guys like Robbie Ray. I'm not saying yeah. you trade him for Robbie Ray. Oh, but, yeah. But, you know, I under, but Kyle Hendricks is a legitimate number two. Luis Castillo would be a legitimate number two. Maybe, you know, maybe people don't view them as, as top of the line aces, but that's what you need right now. You don't need a kid to maybe become Mickey Mantle or Mike Trout in four years. Yeah, no, I feel you 100%. Like I said before, what is for what if, I'm down with that. Um, especially when somebody who's going to help right away. So uh, Dominguez, like you said, he's he's a myth. He's he's a – I don't know what he is. He's just – what is going to come of him? Who knows? But um, he seems like untouchable. I mean, even with the Luis Castillo stuff, it really came out that they were asking for Glaber Torres. So I don't even know if they were asking for him. I don't think so because I think we would have heard. Um, but, you know. I agree with the overall sentiment where I'm down to give up prospects for people who will help now because you need the help now. The prospects will help in the future. Great. This is the window now. Maybe you could rebuild a window with some of these prospects, but maybe you won't. So I'm down to trade them for people who will help. No, I totally agree. And, and, that, uh, and not to cut you off, but that's that's also why you build the farm system. Not everybody's going to get promoted and be, you know, Aaron Judge, Gleyber Torres. You got to have those other guys like um, 
I don't know, the number, Dustin Fowler, James Caprillion, who they could trade and bring in somebody else, whether it works out or not. Sonny Gray, another pitcher that didn't work out, by the way. That other list that we were talking about. Yeah, he his name was banned, but he he ends up coming up way too often, so we unbanned him just so we can make fun of him. Listen, man, we don't have to get on a Sonny Gray rant, but did you you probably heard him on R2C2 with Trevor Bauer? I didn't, but you know what? If you have a Sonny Gray rant, now is the time to do it because I don't want there to be dead air and I have to go give something to my wife. It, get your minds out of the gutter. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. So if you want to go on a quick Sunny Gray rant so we don't have uh, dead air on the show, now go right ahead, brother. All right, here we go. Ready? So not a crazy hot take, but I wouldn't have been mad if the Yankees tried to get Sonny Gray back only because if you guys did watch R2C2, he was with Trevor Bauer. Obviously, CeCe's about the Orion Ruko. Um, he was talking about how the Yankees didn't really let him, you know, use his potential um, where he felt comfortable the pitches he used. Um, and – he didn't put necessarily like he wasn't scorching the earth, blaming Larry Rothschild and stuff, but um, he did mention and CC kind of had his back where, you know, they thought he could be a lot more than what he was able to offer. And he just ultimately didn't feel comfortable. It wasn't the atmosphere. It was uh, the coaching staff. I'd say more so, but Sonny Gray ran over. I did say, I wouldn't have been mad if the Yankees tried to bring him back, but you know, you can listen to that when you rewatch it and edit this. He's a loser. You can just cut it out. He's, he's a loser. <laughs> I, I, we bring this up all the time. I just don't understand, like, why his numbers were what they were on the road, but they were what they were at home. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, he, his, yeah, it's just another cash remove where it's like, damn, man, the frig. But, and I thought it would have worked out, man. I put, I really honestly thought it going into 2018, uh, I, I said on this show, I said, listen, I don't know if he'll win the Cy Young, but I think when they discuss the Cy Young, people will be talking about him. I, and uh, it, it, I didn't work, it didn't work out. So I was at a game. I went to it was Yankees Mets. I was fortunate enough to sit with the scout. I was like four rows behind home plate. Yankees Mets. It was Sonny Gray's maybe like second or third start against Degrom. I'm pretty sure I tweeted like future New York baseball right now. Degrom versus Sonny Gray. <laughs> absurd tweet. I think he won that game. Though, I'm pretty sure. But uh, but yeah, I had high hopes from too. But obviously, it did not work out. Um. So you, you, you kind of threw it in there that you don't think that Luis Castillo, that the Reds asked for Luis Castillo, um, Jesus Christ, that they asked for Gleyber Torres for Luis Castillo. You don't yeah. think that actually happened? Because we, I actually seen somebody, I think it was John Heyman tweeted that out, that it kind of started and stopped there when they were asking. No, I, I think they did. I think they did. Um, because what, why not? I mean, people get so offended when people are like, they asked for Gleyber Torres. Are you so, what do you, Luis Castillo is their ace. What are they going to do? I mean, you, you, of course you're going to ask for him. Not saying, Obviously, the Yankees didn't give it up, but for people to say it's blasphemy, why would they? I mean, I, I don't get that when people freak out about it either. To me, personally, and we alluded to this earlier in the show when I was making fun of everybody, uh, I don't I don't get – like, I understand. Like, you you got to ask for this – the sun and the moon if you're yeah. if you're asking for the moon right if you want the moon back you got to ask for the sun and the moon or you're mm -hmm. not going to get the moon in return you're going to get less than that yeah so you got it so that's how negotiations work i understand that maybe you throw glaber torres out there and cashman's like no but how about this instead <laughs> but to me this is where i you know you're on you're on social media on twitter when people are like oh look at my trade simulator but we can do this and then we that's where it was like, oh, we'll trade Glaber Torres and go get Trevor Story. What? Yeah. Like, like, and and to me, like, I wasn't, I'm, I wasn't 
mad that Francisco Lindor got traded to the Mets. To me, the the kind of the part of the trade that kind of stuck me a little bit was Carrasco because that's a guy that I feel maybe he he doesn't even profile as a two, but again, you know, you could stick him in towards a three four spot and he can give you innings and be a reliable guy to go out there and give you more good starts than bad starts. Yep. But the Yankees you know, you, you've alluded to this, you know, you, you have your finger on the pulse, a lot of different things. Were the Yankees ever in on Carrasco? Were they ever in on Lindor? Was there, a, you know, cause you heard they, they might've kicked the tires on it. Was there any real serious discussion for, with the Yankees and, and any of those two players? So it's funny you say that because, well, first off, like you said too, like the Mets, I mean, that was a great deal for them. I, I love that deal for them, especially what they ended up giving up. I mean, there wasn't much. And what's funny is I was speaking to another executive in baseball, like, what what was with I mean they got the the Indians got the players and they're known for you know quantity they like the quantity they like just bringing in a bunch of people especially how their payroll is so I say you know even with when they got Carrasco and Lindor same time that package I didn't think was anything crazy Yankees definitely could have matched that so I asked around a little bit and I was told pretty matter of factly I don't want to say a hundred percent but I would say ninety eight percent that this person said of said it as a fact that the Yankees actually, Brian Cashman was willing to give up Glaber Torres and Davey Garcia to the Indians for Francisco Lindor and Cookie Carrasco. And I don't know if there was something else involved. I don't think it would have been a two-for-two swap. Personally, I think the Indians may have had to throw something else in. Um, The issue that came down to was Hal did not want to do the extension with Lindor. And it's something that a lot of people think is the Stanton issue where his contract is so big that, and obviously Cole's contract that they don't know if they could give out more of these without, they still have to lock up a judge. Now maybe a Glaber Torres, but there were serious discussions where the Yankees were definitely interested. Cashman was willing to put Glaber Torres on the table for Lindor, which personally I would have been okay with. I don't think, I mean, Glaber's a great young player. Lindor is better. Lindor is better to me. And he's, he's either a switch or lefty, right? Switch hitter. Supreme defender, great clubhouse guy, just checks all the boxes, market everything around him. You can make so much money with him coming in. I would have been fine with it. And it seems like but, from what I heard again, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say, I'm from what I heard, the Yankees were interested. It was the, I was told, like I said before, Cashman was willing to put Glaber on the table for Lindor, but it's the money part. And, you know, obviously you're not going to trade Lindor and then let him go. No, you so. cannot trade Glaber Torres for Francisco Lindor and let Francisco Lindor walk exactly. out the door. Exactly. exactly. So, again, are you attributing this to Hal Steinbrenner being cheap now? Because we just talked about this. 210 is not cheap, but you could have got one of the top four or five best players in baseball on your team, and you yeah. didn't want to pay him, and you didn't want to dole out. Because what's he going to get in free agency? $300 million? You figured, right? That's a, ba- that's a good baseline. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, and if if he let's say the Mets don't sign him and he's a free agent, someone's going to offer him. The Mets will probably give him that close, you know, something along the Mookie Betts line. So I don't know. I, I again, I don't want to say cheap. I, I maybe they have other priorities. Maybe they want to give some of that money to Judge and Torres and I don't know, man. But I, if, maybe if you could get Judge because we heard Cashman say this yesterday. Tanaka. Letting him go, it was a two for one because yep. what? Because because then you figure that they were probably going to pay Tanaka about thirteen, fourteen million dollars, which yeah. is what they in total end up paying Kluber and Tyon, right? Yeah. So maybe three hundred million dollars for 
uh, Lindor, you know, they're thinking and maybe House thinking in his mind, I can extend Judge and uh, Torres for that amount of money. Exactly. So I think that's ultimately what it came down to. And with Tanaka, uh, just because we didn't really touch on him before, hated to see him go. I know he struggled last year in the playoffs. I know, you know, he he, he has his up and down. Dude, I don't. I don't get sentimental with guys that I didn't grow up with. Like mm-hmm. Derek Jeter is my guy. And I told yeah. the story on the show. I love my, I love my daughter. I love being a girl dad. I wouldn't trade it for a thing in the world. I'm glad that I have a daughter because my grandmother was one of the most important people to me in the world. And I got to name her after my grandmother. But if yeah. I had a son, his name would have been, if she, if she was a boy, would have named him Derek after Derek Jeter. So that just goes to show you what Derek Jeter means to me. And that my wife knew that and allowed that would have allowed that to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with Mariano Rivera, you know, those guys that you have a reverence for Eli Manning will always sit at the top of my sports hero list. Sure. Because of what he did with the giants. Of course. You know, I don't feel that way. I don't, feel that way for guys that didn't win here but it kind of broke my heart a little bit knowing that Tanaka wasn't coming back yeah see the thing with Tanaka which I do I you know I I 100% see what you're saying but he was somebody who you know I I, obviously I'm not going to say someone else didn't want to win but you know Tanaka came here he was so prestigious in Japan like the the whole process I I loved like how he kind of followed the Hideki Matsui where he was one of the top players in Japan wanted to play for the Yankees wanted to bring that tradition here you know I I love the whole backstory of it and it's a shame that he didn't get a chance to win because as Brian Cashman again that we keep bringing up the the conversations he had yesterday shenanigans that's what he said Tanaka would have had yeah, a shenanigans, shenanigans. <laughs> yeah so I think he would have been one. And, you know, there are reports out today after his um his press conference in Japan where he, he's going to might test free agency again next year. Unfinished business. And uh, Cashman brought that up again on WFAN where he said, you may have not have seen the last of him. And Maggie Gray was, you know, she, when she followed up, she was like, oh, yeah, we know these guys love coming back for old timers day. I, so, you know, I, I saw you tweet that and I almost threw my phone against the wall. Why? Because I, I, I cannot stand listening to the two of them. I can't. I tune out the f- and I don't I'm not a big fan of Boomer and Geo either, but I mm-hmm. listen to them. Yeah. But once they sign off, I go straight, you know, I go straight podcast music for the rest of the day because I'm on the road all day. I'm on the road from seven, you know, sometimes as early as six o'clock to six o'clock at night. So I'm yeah. not, I'm locked in the but it, and I listen to. I wouldn't even turn off Har, uh, Carl and Bart and Maggie. That's that. That should just tell you how bad I think Moose and Maggie are. That yeah. I wouldn't even turn off them. And when yeah. I heard you, when I saw you tweet that, I'm like, she's like, shut up, just shut up. I and see like, what's. No, go ahead. Sorry. And I'm like, I knew Cashman was coming on yesterday, so I stuck around, but I had to go run in and do something, so I only caught uh, the interview on from when we was talking about Gary Sanchez, which was very interesting the way he phrased a lot of the stuff that he said about yes. Gary. So I didn't, I didn't actually hear the part about Tanaka, but I'm just like, sh- you know, just shut up. You know, no, I, I, you know, what's funny though, because when he made that comment, I kind of hurt, like he didn't say it any sort of way, but as soon as he said it, I thought, is he going to come back as a pitcher at some point? And then when Maggie was just like, yeah, you know, you, you like to bring back these guys, you know, to honor them one day or old timers day kind of slipped my mind. But when I read that this morning, that's I, I tweeted. I was like, that kind of makes sense best of what he said, because that's the first thing I really thought of. So that would be I, honestly, 
I was texting a couple of my buddies. I was like, that would be an awesome redemption story. Just like, you know, players got hurt. Tanaka's got to come back from Japan, save the day. Um, but like you said, I mean, I don't know what it is about Tanaka himself. I mean, CC was kind of the same way, but he won a World Series and like he kind of was able to ride off in the sunset on his own. But I feel like Tanaka kind of just missed the boat. I thought, you know, he deserved the World Series. He was the glue for a long time. Um, no matter what you thought of him, he was a rock in the playoffs except for last year. Um, he dealt with his elbow that could explode at any second. He just happened to pitch, what, like three years, even though it was partially torn. Um, He had a lot of guts. I I really loved watching him pitch, too, um, just on the mound, the way psychologically how good he was. So um, definitely a favorite of mine to watch. Uh, Wish him nothing with the best. Hope he kills it in Japan. Honestly, hope he comes back. That would be just a great story. It's funny, though, because we talked about this on the show. It it seemed like the mundane one through 62 of Tanaka. What the hell is this? He's back. Uh, I'm back. We'll, I'll finish. Just pretend like I'm not here. The mundane 162, you know, April through September for Tanaka. It seemed like it bored him at times, and yeah. then he would just it, it would wake him. Like we've seen, we we talked about this because remember when he that's at Friday night at Yankee Stadium against you Darvish, he showed out that night. Yeah, it was yeah. like okay, let's yeah. go. Yeah, it's but there's one. Like, no, go ahead. Dan, sorry, and now it's okay. so rude of me to just show up. I'm high as a kite. I'm a I'm a pill form cough medicine and i just think i can interrupt you like this no it's all good no all i was gonna say was a lot of times i feel like during the regular season he would use those games to like tinker with you know yeah. uh, you, uh I, I say game board you say tinker yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, but here's the problem here's why he's not here when's the last time he's done it done what when's the last time he was that tanaka but again are we talking like like 2020, is it are are we excited for Clint Frazier or upset at Adovino? Was 2020 an aberration? Like, Understood, but if you remember back to 2019, Tanaka ended that postseason on a bad on a bad note. No, yeah, no, I, medi- I wouldn't say it was bad. It was bad. It wasn't good. It wasn't. It wasn't up to his standard. I wouldn't say that he was. So when's really the last time you that, saw the Tanaka that that was bored in the regular season but showed up under the brightest lights when's the last time you truly saw that guy in 2019 right and it's been how many big starts did he not show up really you want to say one you i'm giving one pass for what happened in cleveland okay fine but that's still (laughs) not a that's still so that's one start no 2019 he didn't show up he didn't he didn't end this he didn't end the postseason in 2019 right that's one and then didn't wasn't there a game he still pitched two more games after the Cleveland incident, no? Or no, one more? He only had two starts last year. Okay, yeah, well, the season. Cleveland one wasn't good. Obviously, that may, might not have been fair to him, but the next and start was And I said one start to start awful. against Tampa when he got ripped in game three. So, I mean, and don't get me wrong. He's I'm not, not fighting here. against He's Tanaka. I love him. This is what happens when you just pop in and pop out whenever you feel like it. We just talked about this. Uh and Cashman alluded to this in his interviews yesterday. He got two pitches for the price of one. That's why Tanaka's not here. If Masahiro Tanaka was lights out the way he always has been in the big in the big game, then he would be here and Tyon and Kluber wouldn't be. Okay. Okay, but that just proves my point. He Wait, wasn't he, wor- he wasn't wor- he wasn't worth it at that point to the Yankees because the one thing that you could always count on for Tanaka, you haven't been able to really count on the last few big starts that he's had. 
you, I think you're making too much out of what happened in 2019. I just, I, I also think that he, you know, it's it's hard, especially with no fans. But and you know, this is kind of like nothing. It's not a stat, but I think. You know, he no moment was too big for him. Sure, he struggled, but it wasn't a mental thing. It wasn't a Sonny Gray thing, which I went on a 30-second, you know, rant with Sonny Gray before positively. So I don't know if you guys want to cut that, but um, no, we're not, we're not cutting it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, but it, it, like when he struggled Any in the Sonny playoffs, Gray, Sonny Gray slander is encouraged on this show. But I was positive. That's the thing. I was like, you know, when you were uh, walked out, you know, I said you, straight you slipped that in. You didn't tell me that it was going to be positive. Yeah, you yeah. Said it was a you walked out, you gave me free reign. You gave me free reign, uh, man. Right, no, but right. I, I, what'd I you do? You that. stop listening to him. You just cut. You just you just trusted <laughs> him. You let out. him. I walk out for a second. Wow. So he wow. gave me the floor for myself. Wow. Um, no, but I think when when you see Tanaka, um, you know, it's not a confidence issue. It's not a. Uh, mental issue. That's that's one big thing for me that I thought like I appreciated and I think this team needs. Like I don't think Kluber will struggle in the moment, but Tyon playing in Pittsburgh, Davy, Christian, like you said before, you know, he he had some big games this year where he didn't show up. Um Montgomery, you know, kind of question mark regardless. So I don't know. I, I understand why he left. I know I don't think he was asking the Yankees for as much as he was asking other teams. I know he spoke with the Mets, Blue Jays, Padres. I know he was asking for close to 20 million a year from these teams. Um, at one point, the Padres thought they were going to be able to do something with him um, before they moved to Musgrove. I think that's kind of when they realized that um, his price tag was too high. But um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be missed. I really do. I Listen, I love Tanaka. He's, he's going to go down as one of my favorite Yankees. And I think he's one of the more underappreciated Yankees, definitely of yeah. our time right now. But uh the dude's a gamer. I mean, if you could say anything about him, this is a guy who could go out there and throw seven perfect innings in in game seven of a of a ALCS and come out and in the post game tell you he he didn't like his stuff, he that he could have been better. I mean, the guy was never good enough for himself. He was always he was always always aiming to be better, and that's the kind of guy that I like on on this team. So he's definitely going to be missed, and for who sure. knows if he'll be back down the road, but. Uh, I think his biggest value is the his biggest piece that he brought to any team that he would have played for kind of just has faded out a little bit over the last few years. And I think he how much better is he in Japan than he would be here? Like how much better is Tanaka pitching in Japan than he is in the in the major leagues? Is it like a huge difference? Because it, it, here he's he's above average, right? We'd say he's an above-average starting pitcher. Right? The guy's career ERA was mid-threes now. I'll give him above average, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'd say he, an average pitcher he, is like in the low fours. Yeah. ERA-type guy. Think, well, I mean, think about it this way. When he came to America, he was the greatest pitcher in Japan. Came here. And I, I, he wasn't an ace ever, but he right. was very good. So I, I think, you know, obviously the competition level is a little different there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to crazy numbers in Japan. Yeah, like but. he could go back and, and go like 20 and out. Yeah, and then I'm telling yeah. you, man, it's going to be like August and Kluber done for the year, Tyon done. They're going to be like, all right, got to make the call. Bring him back. That's, what, sick, that's what that guy Rye said. But me and Christian can they said, break can they do that? Because their, he said their regular he, season actually – this, this was his I team was looking level. at the schedule. I think their regular season ends after. 
I think even later than when the postseason runs or mid October or something oh, like that. Can yeah. he just can he break his contract? Is like it that? because it's a different country? They just don't care. They're just like you know, yeah. the United States contract stumps. I understood. I understood the point of where he would just they would re they would re you know discuss things uh, after the season was over. I didn't think that he would there was any seriousness to him leaving in the middle of the season. Just be like in August, like see you later, recruiting. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you never know. May may throw him a bone or something. Who knows? All right, so let's let's just briefly touch on DJ before we get to Twitter, and then that'll be the end of the show here. Uh, would you, we haven't talked to you? We want to. We love the DJ LeMayu contract because you know <laughs> we feel that um, he's basically playing the last two years of his deal for free. So I don't even really, you know, people are always worried about oh, if you extend them past four, you know, you're gonna but. Hey, you know what? You were thinking probably four for ninety at least going into this, and you yeah, got him for six for, for sure. ninety. So, yeah. so do you know um, how you know you how they feel- said like Cashman should have handed DJ a blank check? I feel like <laughs> DJ handed Cashman a blank piece of paper to write out his contract. That's how bad I think the contract is for DJ Lemayu. I'm actually mad at him for it. Yeah. So I mean, let, me, let me start. Let me start by saying this. Do you really think? You want to compare it to anything? Springer got what six for one fifty. Is he sixty million dollars better than DJ Lemayu? Oh no way! No way! I just, I, I, the thing, the thing with uh, DJ was he loves New York. He loves where he's at now. I think he he didn't want to go anywhere, and the Yankees had that on their side. Now he was upset. I mean, he was shopping around. Dodgers were interested. Mets were interested. Blue Jays were crazy interested. Blue Jays offered him. I think not as much as they gave Springer, but maybe 125, uh, something like that. But he wanted to win. And then it came down to the Dodgers and Yankees, and Dodgers weren't going six years. And the familiarity of New York, and he knows what he has here. I mean, he said it in his press conference the other day. He knows his team is better than what they've been able to accomplish, which is not a World Series. So ultimately, I think this is where he wanted to be. I think that's why they got the discount for him. And I listen, I love George Springer. If he's the one, if there's one Astro that I you love him so much and marry him, I would, I would. I think he's a really good guy. Um, but if there's one Astro that I actually like, it's George Springer. So this isn't Astros. a knock on George Springer, okay? But if you're telling me that he's worth that much more than DJ LeMayo, you're out of your mind. You're yeah, out no, of you are out of your mind. You're not even in. I, I mean, what what? What about George Springer is anywhere close to what DJ LeMahieu has done over the last few years of his career? Well, he's got the, I mean, you want to, this is, this is what it is when you bring up the Astros, but he's got the hardware. He's yeah, got okay. The number. Yeah, okay, but that, that okay. okay. We talked about Danny Almonte the other day. Okay. You remember Danny Almonte, Dan? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's like Danny Almonte walking around and going, <laughs> yeah, I won uh <laughs> I won the Little League World Series. <laughs> I won I the Little League World Series for the Bronx when I was 34 yeah. <laughs> against 12-year-olds. Okay? You can't tell me George Springer's walking around and getting bigger contracts because he has the hardware. That doesn't well, work anymore. You, that goes in. That goes into it. It absolutely does. And you don't think Carlos Correa... Who do you think they're going to pay Carlos Correa a couple bags of crackers? Carlos Correa... Is, let, me t- let me tell you something. And again, I love George Springer. Carlos Correa is on a different planet than George Springer when it comes to value. I I think I hate Carlos Correa more than anybody I, in Major League Baseball. Carlos Correa is my most hated player in baseball. 
if you told me that the Yankees, if he was the Yankees starting shortstop in 2021, I don't know that I would be against that. I I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could root for him, but yeah, I, I, don't I, I don't know. I guess I would just have to put it all aside. But uh, D, I mean, DJ coming back, just get back to him. They they need more DJ LeMay who's not less. They 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 couldn't let him go. If he would have left, I don't think this offense would have been. It couldn't have been great. I think DJ does so much for this team that people just – I don't want to say overlook. I mean, everybody loves DJ. They know what he brings. But like I said, they need more players like him, not less. It was imperative that they brought him back. Let me ask you this because – uh, Because this just, this just happened earlier today. You think it was a gross overpay, two for 28 for Didi Gregorius? I don't think so. I mean, he had a good year last year. I was surprised. I mean, it was it was a good amount. I'm glad he got the deal. I mean, it was a nice contract for him, especially because he doesn't have to compete next year in that shortstop free agent market. Because then he would have been he would he wouldn't compete. Yeah. He would yeah he'd be yeah. done. Oh, exactly. he, he would he's yeah. So I mean, I'm happy for him because you know, like we said, we talk about this all the time. Like what fans. This is this is just the way that it goes on social media sometimes, especially in Yankee Twitter, that they couldn't wait to run this guy out of town last year because he was coming off Tommy John surgery. He he let's be honest, he he wasn't Didi Gregorius when he came back. Maybe he came back too soon yeah. because he felt an obligation to be back in the lineup, especially with everybody else hurt. Yeah. He wasn't Didi Gregorius. And and didn't wasn't against Garrett Cole. He hit that ball to the friggin' wall. It would have been a grand slam, could have changed the yeah. entire outlook of the ALCS last year. You know, it was just that type. But if that was even 18, 17, maybe that ball goes over the wall for Didi, but it didn't. And it was just kind of like the final nail in his coffin. Yeah. And people all of a sudden then decided that he sucked defensively. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But now all of a sudden, now you fast forward to this offseason, everybody wanted to bring the guy back. Christian, yeah, of just, don't start ripping Yankee fans. We know how that one guy on our review really doesn't like right. how you do that. Okay. But again... You know, Didi, and I think a lot, maybe a lot of people thought Didi was going to come in, come in here for, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe a, a free chicken bucket or something. Yeah, like a he, whole got 28 mil, he got $28 million a year. I don't think he was going to do, not a year. If, if, even if Brian Cashman wanted to bring him, I don't think he was going to do the Yankees any favors. No, not at all. Why? Why should he? No, yeah. I, I mean, especially because if you're, <coughs> excuse me, if you're considering bringing Didi back, you're, all the leverage is on, is, is, in Didi's side, on Didi's side, at that point, I think I mean, you if you need, like, if you need to bring Didi back, you it's because you made a move where you need to fill that hole. And at that point, Didi has all the leverage. I mean, he maybe, wouldn't take a maybe, discount. Maybe Glaber's better at second base, but are you better with Didi at short and Glaber at second, or Glaber at short and DJ Lemayo at second base? Where are you better? Yeah, I just don't think that. I honestly just don't think that Glaber Torres. Okay, I'll say this. Was Glaber Torres a liability? Sure. I mean, no one can sit here and say that he was great at shortstop. He's definitely going to get better. It's not. But here's the thing. Will the Yankees not win a World Series because Glaber Torres is at shortstop? No. You better hope. <laughs> like, that, like, for me, I'm not sitting here going, yeah, the Yankees could definitely win, but Glaber's at short, so it's not going to happen. Like, yeah. that's not a thought in my mind. It's, could it make things a little more difficult? Sure. Does he need to get better? Yeah. But is that a is that a concern where the Yankees feel it's going to it's going to hold them back from winning a World Series? And no, to, in my opinion, I don't think it's anywhere near that kind of a thought for them. And I think they do have kind of look. Cashman has been more than open about the fact that Glaber Torres profiles to him as a second baseman. 
Now, he never thought he had the range of a shortstop to be a great shortstop. That doesn't mean that Glaber Torres can't get better. The kid is... Te- When's the last time we saw a kid this young and this talented? I mean, you're telling me Glaber Torres doesn't have the ability to get better and work hard at something and, and become a better shortstop this year? Of course. And I think if you... And- I, I don't think we really touched on this a lot, but it's come out and Cashman was kind of on this point yesterday. He did not like the way that Glaber Torres showed up to uh, summer camp. Was he say that? Think, yeah. He was pudgy. He and he he said he was in great shape when he when they showed up at Tampa in February. He didn't like the way he showed up, and he said that it basically took him the entire season to get in shape. And then when he got in shape was late September into October, and then that's when you saw Glaber Torres was really – he had another really good postseason last year, and then he Cashman attributed it to – that's when Glaber Torres got, was really rounded into shape at that point. So he put on the COVID-19, and then he and then he showed up to summer camp. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Wow. Oh. Hey. The dude shows up in the postseason. I'll give him that. I mean, you, you can't argue his postseason numbers. Uh, Dan, last week we were talking about, you know, I think it was Didi versus uh, Torres in the postseason. I mean, we all we all know Didi's had those big big moments and stuff, but mm-hmm. you, you look at his numbers uh, compared to a guy like Torres who really hasn't had that much experience. Torres' numbers are freaking phenomenal. Yeah, he's been consistently good in postseason. I mean, and that's where it matters most. So you, you, you take that any day of the week, especially, you know, his defense is adequate. It's not... He could get better. He yeah. definitely could get better. It's but it's not like I don't see him as a crazy liability. Some people do, but I, I don't think so. So I mean you, you take you take the go with the bad. You hope he like you said, Christian, I mean, it was no secret that people have said he's come, you know, in bad shape last year uh, to start the season. So um you kind of chalk it up and hope that this year he comes in good shape, ready to go, improved, and you know, you don't gotta worry about uh free agency next year with the shortstop market. He's no Chuck Knobloch at second base. That's for sure. (laughs) You want to go to Twitter, Dan, and uh, we'll close out the show? Yeah, your favorite part, Yankees Twitter. Let's go. Let's do it. it. Let's rip him. Uh, We'll start with uh, Medic968. He says, I'm definitely going to listen, even though you threw me under the bus last week. (laughs) I don't Do you think he's the – you think he's our critic? You think he's the one who left a review? Bad show. Just a bad show. I don't know if I remember reading his tweet last week. I don't know if I threw him under the bus per se. Maybe I kind of, you know, pushed him into the road, but then pulled him back a little bit. See, I, I wish, it, but I don't know if I, what I wish we did was I wish I knew that that medic left that reply because then I would have just, going it into just the, came in. Oh, okay, because then I would have pulled the yeah. audio from last week just to hear how badly you threw <laughs> him under the bus because I'm sure it was miserable. I'm All sure right. you ruined so, his life. Uh, Dan, your boy at John Report, you know, uh, our, our good buddy John Cannon from the oh, man, yeah. wrestling. Yeah, that was actually wants- a crazy story. That was a crazy story, by the way. Not to interrupt you, but just the connection to that. That was nuts. You know yeah. John Cannon? You I just, I, Cannon? I was reading this guy's wrestling album <laughs> when I was like, I don't know, 14, 15, always, all his reviews. I always write. And then the three of us just got talking on Twitter. And it's funny how it works. That's crazy. He wants a Go Jays shout out. Yeah, Can he's a Blue him? Jays troll. That's what John. Yeah, that's who John Kent is to me. Every time I tweet some Yankees, he goes Go Jays. Gonna they're gonna be crushing the Yankees pitching all this stuff. So I can't say it. I'm sorry. He can't so, uh, say it, but I will say the Jays are gonna. I mean, the Jays are gonna be a team to, to watch out for. 
Uh, eventually, uh, eventually. Since we, since we will, yeah, we'll give John a shout out. We'll give uh, John yeah. Report Wrestling. Uh, what is it? I think it's the call letters are TJRWrestling.net. TJRWrestling.net. If, if you're a wrestling fan, definitely check out his uh, his website. The guy does excellent work covering uh, WWE and AEW. Uh, you'll listen to this Monday morning, but tomorrow night is the Royal Rumble. Uh, you just want to throw out two names, men's and women's Rumble winner real quick. See if you're right when you listen back on Monday. You're asking Chris, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Hold on. Here's here's the question I heard him ask you, ready? Do you want to guess who they scripted to win oh to win God. the mo- to win the movie to to win the movie tomorrow? Oh who, man. This is, it's nah. like a soap opera. It's like it's like when you watch like Bold in the what what's the one what's right. the one you most people watch? Where it's like know. where it's like, "Oh, uh his brother came back from a coma, but really he's the identical twin and they were born conjoined." And blah, blah, blah. Um, that's what wrestling is. And that's what you guys are predicting. You know the and, and, dumb shit that you watch? So shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> Give me two names real quick. All right. Man. So I'm going, I'm going, I think Daniel Bryan's going to get the Royal Rumble for the men's side. Go with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think that match would be sick. And I, then for I the love women. Daniel Bryan, actually. Daniel Bryan's a man. Then uh, women, I want to say it's either going to be Bianca. I feel like Bianca Belair, she's up and coming. Or... Maybe a Rhea Ripley could debut, pop on the Royal Rumble, challenge, I don't know, Asuka, something, get get her in there. So I think it's going to be one of the two. Uh, like you said before, though, make sure read John's uh, review. When this comes out Monday, his review for the Royal Rumble is going to be up, so got to check that out. After you listen to this show, of course. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll move on here. I'll just say – What about you, Christian? You. What are you, what are you I on? agree with you on Daniel Bryan. I don't really – Unless it's Edge, but I think since they already gave Orton the title this Edge. year, I don't think they'll go back to and give yeah. Orton the title again. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on Daniel Bryan, and I don't know. Uh, I love Alexa Bliss. I love her playing this character. I think I think she's one of the favorites to win. I just don't love her carrying the title because I hate it when the Fiend was the champion. But I My think wife has Roman Reigns over Daniel Bryan. Uh, too bad Roman Reigns is already the champion, dick. Oh, so who's <laughs> – wait, so who's Daniel Bryan playing? I mean – uh, it's the Royal Rumble. Who's he scripted? He's going against 29 other men. Oh, oh, this head, is the, not the okay. So this for, is the Royal for the Rumble. Chance to headline WrestleMania. So okay, I thought it was WrestleMania. That's in the summer. That's, That's actually in two April. months. Yeah, April three months. I'm being Close, corrected though. on both right. sides here. My wife used to watch wrestling until she married me. I wouldn't let her watch anymore. Oh. Okay. oh, so you control what your wife does. You're one of those guys. Well, we control certain things. I think that was one of my stipulations at the altar. Bitch, get in the kitchen. <laughs> I, said, I said no more wrestling. All right. Anyway, let's move on here before we get those tweets. Yeah, Christian yeah. Said, get in the kitchen. Bitch. Get in the kitchen. Oh, what are we in the 1920s? <laughs> We're joking. Uh, Don Sicario. Don Overall, Cicati. how are we feeling going into the season? Chris had a... What, what, what was that term you threw out the other day? I said optimistically skeptical. I think it's the best. I think it's the best, most unorthodox way to to honestly describe what we feel like. Because on one side of the coin, you can sit here and say that if all the pieces play out, if Kluber's friggin' Kluber, if Sevy comes back and he's Sevy, if Davey Garcia can put up some strong innings, if Cole is Cole, obviously that's not an if. That's the one thing. It's not an if. If Glaber Torres is stronger at short, if this, if that. But all those ifs are, I mean, if they play out, have the have the ability to be beyond a World Series caliber team. 
Now, the flip side of that is if they're not, you're kind of in trouble. I mean, yes. if Kluber come, can't stay healthy, if Seve comes back and he's not 100%, you're right back to where you are. I mean, if Tyon isn't the guy that you're hoping he'd be or even a fraction of the guy at this point coming back from, what, his second Tommy John. I mean, there's so many ifs. The upside of everything is so strong, but the downside of everything is is honestly frightening. Now, cautiously, uh, skeptically optimistic. No, I said optimistically skeptical because I was trying to be funny. But yeah, cautiously also, optimistic it, would be really what. Yes, that's obviously I, a dick. I, I, cautiously optimistic is definitely the way I feel because we talked about this in our group chat last night. Is that this rotation has the potential to be so scary, either either scary, so scary. good or scary bad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hate to copy you guys, but it's the same. it's only the same. It's so many question marks. It could be great, could be not. I mean, that pitching rotation, Christian and I touched on it a lot in the beginning. It's just a lot of question marks. The upside's there, but so is the downside. I mean, this team has dealt with injuries so much throughout this run, and if the pitching staff goes down that route, I mean, this could get real bad real quick. Yeah. So um, you got to hope for the best. The potential's there. I mean, you know the offense is going to produce, even a lot of times – Throughout, like you said, this window, we've seen big guys go down and people just step up, and it's hard to keep that up. But we've also seen that time and time again. So I don't have as much worry about the offense, even if injuries happen. It's the pitching, man, and it's always comes out to the pitching. So um, as long as it stays healthy, the potential's there. So yeah, healthy wins. I'll say this honestly: this is, I think, this is the fairest evaluation you can give at this point. I think the Yankees have enough in place where even if Kluber comes back half of what you'd expect. Even if Tyon's not 100% effective, even if Seve isn't 100% there, you have enough with Garrett Cole at the top of this rotation to, and and a guy like Davey Garcia, who's going to be effective. You know he's going to be somewhat effective in a lot of the games that he pitched. <clears throat> I think you have enough to still make the postseason. I don't think that the Yankees are fearing missing out in the postseason if all the pieces don't play out. I think they're strong enough in that sense. Here's, yeah, wait, here's, we said this an hour ago, so you know maybe don't have COVID and miss. <clears> so sorry, then, so sorry. I know it's such a hindrance on so many people, but like, <laughs> but like my bigger concern, and I'm agreeing with you offensively, it's not going to be as much of a big deal. But I'm just saying, in the grand scheme of things, I need to see Aaron Judge stay healthy. I need to see that. Oh, of course. I need to see that this year. Do I need to see Sanchez be the guy I thought he was? Not really, because I don't think he has a future here, but it would be freaking nice to see him show up this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think those things are, uh, regardless, at the end of the day, the Yankees are going to make the postseason. If they have to make a move mid, mid-season mid before the trade deadline, they will. So, I mean, if these guys can show up, though, man, this team is the best team in baseball. There's no doubt about it. All right, so we'll move on here to K Kamine 33 I'll throw out four names, Dan. Just give me like uh, I don't know how you just a quick answer on whether you or not you think that they the Yankees are, are going to be in on them. David Robertson. I don't think so. I think that um, the stuff that happened. I mean, it's a different lot of stuff that happened uh, when he left in the locker room. I think that kind of soured everybody. Coming off Tommy John too, it's risky, but I say no. 
Oh, yeah, oh cash I forgot David Robertson DJs, had Tommy John. Oh, you know forget what? it. That deal's he's coming back for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Shane Green. Oh. Chris will love that. Shane Green. Oh. Throwback. Oh, uh, I no, him. I don't think so either. Can I ask you a question yeah, real quick? Uh, he's David Robertson, what what soured in the in the locker room with that? He cut the shares, right? Of the oh, locker room right, 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 right. Yeah, shares, yeah, with the playoff shares and things like that. Um, with the I think like locker room attendance. Yeah, I think yeah. It was some some locker room workers like he didn't want to give the shares. Yeah, I it soured a lot of people, so I don't know. Mm. I say no. About, I forgot about how about that. Trevor Rosenthal. Now Trevor Rosenthal will be interesting, and he keeps on throwing these smoke uh, smoke screens out a lot on Twitter. Uh, it could be just trolling, you know. You never know on Twitter, Twitter, but I think he would be a good option. I think there, I think there's a chance there. I, I don't know, you know, inside information, but I think he could be an option. Let me tell you something. If How we about- if we depended on guys throwing shit out on Twitter, Trevor Bauer would be Yankee ten different times. Yeah, oh, the guy's yeah. the biggest troll I've ever seen in my well, life. Archie Bradley, what didn't Archie Bradley post an Instagram picture of him in a Yankee jersey? <laughs> jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not... how about a uh, Guardy? See a reunion there? Guardy's interesting, man, because you know what? Cashman, he's when he says stuff, you know, you, you try and read between the lines, but he's hinted at back, and it's not. He did it with Delamit Stances, he did it with Didi, where he was kind of like, you know on the fence and not committed. Uh, he wasn't like that with DJ, let's say. And when he did his rounds yesterday, he was kind of, or when you guys listen to this, uh, when he did his rounds Thursday, he, um, or Friday, I don't even know what day it is, Friday, he um, he wasn't committed to Guardy at all. Um, I think he would be back. Um, either he comes back. I don't see him playing on another team. Um, I'm trying to think. If I put money down, they still have Talkman. Uh, I think he does come back, but... I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Can I say one thing? I, I think Guardy being a question mark still is part of what bothers me about the Adam Adovino thing. Because I see this playing out where, okay, if they get Guardy back, how much are they paying him? Three? Four? Yeah, probably three. Yeah, I'd say around. There should be anyway. Four, five, maybe. Maybe they throw him no, five. That's, uh, I don't think. No. Because he's already getting two and a half million dollars because they bought because they gave him that option last okay. year. So so now, really, you're taking half of Adam Adovino, the money you saved, and giving it to Brett Gardner, who I want back more than anything. I do. Mm-hmm. I think he should be back for one more year. Even This sounds so stupid, right? I know it sounds so stupid to, to people. But for that amount of money, I want him back, A, for his veteran presence. But I also want him back because I'm hoping there's fans in the, in the seats this year. And I think the guy deserves a proper goodbye. I do. I think yes. that Brett Gardner, there's something very unique now, and there's something that you really don't get that enough anymore where a guy's been with your organization for for his entire career and really made a name for himself. Like, he he, he was never MVP, but Brett Gardner made an, his, a name for himself as a Yankee, and I think he deserves one more year with fans in the seats. I do. And to be fair, to be fair too, how many – he would probably be one of, if not the best fourth outfielders. I mean, you know Absolutely. he'll step in and play. You know he could still step in and play. And with injuries, you need somebody like that. So I'm not against it. I just was really interested yesterday, uh, again, Thursday, uh, Friday when you guys listen, about what Cashman was saying and kind of just listening to yeah. read between the lines, let's say. It didn't seem like crazy committed to, to Gardner, but we'll no, see. Because you notice that if you notice throughout this entire offseason, whenever Cashman's given an interview – He's he's given this line about guys that he doesn't want to talk about because he doesn't want yes. to, he, 
he doesn't want to bring back. Oh, I can't talk about free agents. But DJ LeMayu, he basically stopped short of saying that he was going to propose to him at his doorstep. Yep. Yeah. You know? That's the thing. He would yeah. talk about DJ for 20 minutes, and they would ask Tanaka, and he'd be like, you know what? He's a free agent. Can't really talk about him. But, yeah. That's the thing that he said about – which is what he said about Gardner yesterday. Yeah, exactly. That's it, what I'm saying, man. It, it's interesting. That's what just blows my mind about the DJ contract. Like, it wasn't even like Cashman was playing hardball. Cashman no, straight up said, "I would do any, I like he would do anything to get the guy back," and the guy just pulls his pants down and just takes this awful contract. I mean, I get yeah. look, it's awful in my opinion because I value DJ Lemayu at a lot more than what he's getting per year. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, you want to compare it to the George Springer. I think contract. I think that's a great, uh, great comparison. Uh, I just, I, I just don't get why he would value himself that that low. All right, we got a couple more here, and then we'll wrap it up. At peace now for love wrap wants to know up. what we can really realistically expect from Kluber and Tyon this year. Injury. And I was going to ask this as as the as the like Twitter question of the week. If we didn't have Dan. One of these guys is going to be a beast, and one of these guys is going to be a bust. Who's your beast and who's your bust on Tyon and, Klu- and Kluber? I hate to say it. I think Kluber's going to be the beast, Tyon, the bust, only because, yeah, I, I just think because he's a veteran. I think the, the veteran aspect, I think Tyon's coming in. I know Kluber's coming in with expectations, obviously. People have a lot of high hopes, but I feel like Tyon's kind of like, okay, he could step in and really eventually be that number two because <clears throat> of his potential. But we've seen what, what Kluber could do when he's healthy. Again, both of them tell. But I I don't want to say, you know, he's going to be a bust, obviously, time. But when you when if you, you had to that, pick, yeah. Yeah, if I had to pick, I'm going Kluber for sure. I'm I think sh- he's been there, done that, battle-tested. I like it. I sh- I'm sure you guys talked about this earlier, but we didn't touch on it last week. We did, we forgot to bring up that the connection and the relationship that Garrett Cole has with Tyon. Yeah, um, we spoke about it. I think that just makes me so much more optimistic about that contract and that deal. But the thing with Kluber, I guess if I had to pick just like you, I would say the same thing, but I do, again, I do have that op- optimism behind Tyon because of that connection with Garrett Cole. I think that speaks volumes, but the thing with Kluber is he's made it a, a point to go out of his way and talk about how healthy he is right now. That this is not, this is not like maybe I'm okay, you know, and we know that a, a healthy Corey Kluber is one of the best pitchers in baseball. There's no there's no debate. When Nikori Kluber is healthy, the dude is lights out. His last healthy season was what, 2018? Did yeah. he win the Cy Young that year? I, I think he won. Did he? I, yeah, I think he won the Cy Young. I mean, the guy, the guy's filthy. He's not decent. So if Corey Kluber is that adamant on being as healthy as he is, and he's gonna come back, the dude's a gamer. The guy, the guy battles. He's the guy who's going to be the beast on the mound, and, and I, I'd have to give it to Kluber. Corey Kluber won in twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was his last full healthy season. We're talking about yeah. a guy. The last time he was healthy was the best pitcher in the American League. No. So, I mean, I mean, if you can pair that up, even if he's a little bit off from that, you don't expect him to come back to Cy Young form. Oh, wait, hold on a second. But even if he's a little bit off from that, to to put that behind. Garrett Cole behind Tyon, this this yeah. rotation can be filthy, and and let's not forget Severino coming back in in the summer if he comes back. I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get my hopes up on Severino yeah, until no, that yeah, actually yeah. happens, no, because Severino's right. turning into one of those cases for me, where it was like Aaron Judge 
last year or two years ago where it was like, yeah, in a week he'll be back. Yeah, two yeah. more weeks. It's nothing serious. No, I'm sorry, it was uh, it was fourteen and seventeen that Kluber won the Cy Young. He finished third in twenty eighteen. Still, still, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's still that's that's something to write home about, and, and you can't. You could see Corey Kluber have such a good year that he remains a Yankee after this season. If they if they think that they can sign him to a few more years, if he's that good. And put him behind yeah, Garrett Cole. He's not going to sign for ten. Oh no, I know. But look, if he's going to be good and healthy, and you can put him behind yeah. Garrett Cole, you might see him as a Yankee if he can prove himself. To answer my own question, I love what Garrett Cole said about Jamison Tyon. It made me feel a lot better about the deal. But again, if you're going to say one is a beast, one's a bust, Corey Kluber's career is kind of riding on this season. Mm. Yeah, and he's very confident so. about it. So, I mean, what is he, 35 years old right now? If he comes out here coming off of not pitching for two years and stinks up the joint, he's he might be done. Yeah. That yeah. could be it for him. Yeah. And, again, you want to talk about people stealing fucking ideas from me. You know, I get, hey, who's the asshole that compared signing Corey Kluber to, to trading for uh, to, Troy Tulowitzki? Even my own friends over there told me that I was a moron for saying it. And then Joel Sherman's I still think you're a moron article for it. about it. So, <laughs> tell, me, tell me that uh, people don't. People aren't out of their mind uh, stealing ideas from this podcast here. Okay. What the hell is going on over there? I'm trying to take my temperature. Rectally? <laughs> no, I wish. I think they're the most accurate. Yeah, you. I'm sure you <laughs> I'm not going to do that on the show, though. Do that after the show. All right. Yeah. Uh, last, <laughs> last couple here, and we'll get Dan out of here. Uh, Joseph Fantasi wants to know any chance the Yankees jump in for Joseph, uh, Joseph, uh, Josh Hader. Josh Hader, um, it's going to take a crazy package to get. Brewers are adamant about getting back a haul for him. And do you want to give up a haul for a reliever? I mean, listen, think back to the Cubs, what they did with Chapman. They gave to get, but they won a World Series. In the end, that's what matters. Um, they're not. I'm mad that they traded Glaber because they won. So would love to have him now, sure. But they won a World Series with Chapman. So I mean, it's just I don't know if there's that much of a need to give up that much when you could probably trade the same guys you would trade for a lever for a starting pitcher. I think um, so. He'd be a great piece. Don't get me wrong, but from what the uh, Brewers are asking for, I probably would pass. I don't. I honestly, guys, disgusting. But uh, like you said, it would have to be one of those we call them like franchise altering trade proposals yeah. to get him out of there. And another left-handed reliever is exactly. that is that what uh, the Yankees are going to trade? Push all their chips in the middle of the table for? No, you have to ask yourself: Does this move take me over the edge of of being that team that won't be stopped? And the mm-hmm. answer is no at this point. And and the real answer to that is. There's really no move at this point that needs to be made in a sense of, again, if everything works out. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that midseason before the trade deadline that that's not going to change. That could absolutely change. If these pieces don't work out, then the Yankees probably do have a move that they have to make. But right now, to give up everything for for a guy like Hater, they don't need it. That That's mm. not going to be what... I think this team is built very... Very strong. There's just yeah, a I, lot of strong question marks. 
So we'll, we'll wrap it up on this. Uh, I'm going to amend it a little bit, but I'll give him a shout out. It's at Hammy88888. I love his fucking ace. Uh, oh what <laughs> if the Yankees make one more move this offseason? What is the most realistic move you see them making? I'm I'm amending a question, but I want to know what you think that is. Most realistic. So anything trade free agency? Yeah. Anything? Okay. Um honestly, realistic be two things. I don't have a specific name, but either bring somebody in to compete for backup middle infield or like that utility guy role or Brett Gardner coming back. I don't think it's going to be any sort of crazy splash. I don't think they're going to flip Clint Frazier for a starting pitcher that bring in Marcelo Zuna. Like I don't think anything like that's going to happen. Um, they seem to really like Tyler Wade. Um, I think they would have brought somebody in at this point. I feel so if they really believe in him. I'm fucking but, tired of looking at Tyler Wade. Why? He's cute. Pretty boy. He's pretty boy. He's pretty. Yeah. You know, um, you know, when I first started dating my wife, she used to we sit down and watch games in the She loves Gardner. She used to, Yeah, she did. She had a thing for Gardy for a while there, but she used to say, "Oh, he's not good looking." I used to say, "They don't pay it. They're not being paid to look good. They're paid to win games." Tyler Wade, so what? He he might fit well in an old navy ad, but he, what does he fucking do? <laughs> and he's fast. Yeah. He's fat. And the dude's a phenomenal fielder. I hey, mean, that's the guy thing. can he, field. Yeah, if he could become a competent hitter, not even a great good hitter. Competent, if he could put together good at-bats, he'd bring so much more value to the Yankees because he plays six positions and he's fast. He could be a pinch runner. We'll but Dan, you could even argue that he has put together a more competent uh, array of at-bats in his last Chris, more times year. than not, he looks like he's, he's fucking swinging with a ball. Yeah, but not, yeah, but if you really look back to his, his last you know, 100 plate appearances, he's looked much more competent than he had in the past. Yeah, he went from a 100 hitter to a 130 hitter. What's funny to me is, too, is that I always bring this up, and it's starting to really get outdated, but I think 2017 when he was in AAA, um, he was the best player on the team, and they had Clint Frazier. I think Gleyber Torres made it up. Andujar was there. Jorge Mateo, like, they had the baby bombers in Scranton, and he hit 310, 389 on base percentage. I think almost 30 extra base hits, 16 stolen bases. He played five positions. I mean, he was crazy valuable. And ever since then, I've just been like, if he could put together anything close to that, he would bring so much value. But I don't know. So that's why I think I think they, they're going to keep him. But that could be an area of need. And again, like Gardner, sorry, yeah. Gardner, um, he could be somebody they bring him back. I, there's, you're not going to see anything crazy at this point. I think they're pretty much set of what they're going in with. And yep. maybe a couple of uh, – Tinklings here and there, but I don't even know if that's word tinkling. Tinkle, um, tinkle. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, little moves here and there to compliment the roster, but that's it. Veteran reliever, something like that. I, I think the signing of O'Day kind of maybe took them out of uh, playing in the reliever market because like, yeah. we talked about this. I think they want to see maybe if Lewisic can take the next step. I yep. personally like Nick Nelson. I think he was overexposed last year, so yep. maybe another year under his belt, he can take that next step. And we talked about Michael King. Maybe he doesn't play in play in the rotation. But, again, another guy whose stuff I liked that I felt was overexposed last year, maybe he's a guy. You know, if you're going to give Herman that role where he, he pitches two or three times a week, then in the days that you don't have um, 
Herman, you King takes that role where he's a two winning guy. I could see him playing in that role. So maybe the Yankees take themselves out of the reliever market. Now they got all day and they, they you know, maybe they want to do that with Herman King and Nelson and Loisica. I'm not saying that these guys are all going to be lights out. Great. But those are things that maybe you could see the Yankees doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it what I think the slam dunk answer would have been guardy if I had not heard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brian Cashman last uh, yesterday. But I think most realistic is that it, it would probably be Gardner. But but again, you know, then Mike Talkman becomes redundant on talk, this team. Talk. Yeah. Talk. So, Yankee Tinklings again, with Dan Federico. That's going to be the, so, the title. Let's go. I don't know. Fucking, fucking Mike Talkman. What a, talk. talk what a, it's Talk. Talkman. What a bum talk. he turned out to be. Everybody thought he was going to be like the superstar. Yeah. yeah, he's hey, he's still competent. <laughs> who's no home runs last year? <laughs> who's more valuable, Mike Talkman or Tyler Wade? Tyler Wade all day. <laughs> no, yeah. If you Dan if I, if I has had... a secret crush on Tyler Wade, just like Stack I Rye. I he's good. I can see it in his eyes, and he's look a good-looking look, guy. You're looking at his eyes, he's cute. happens, yo, man. He's happy. Yo, no. If I we had, play keep him, him where we, huh? if we play keep him dumping where we had the pit players against each other and it was Talkman versus Wade, it would Ooh. be keep Wade, Wade and dump Talkman. Yeah, for sure. I agree for sure. I think, much fun, I think, yeah. I think Wade just brings a lot more. Yeah, uh, he does. Good looks and everything. Like if if we're talking he's looks, the, he's better. He's better looking than Talkman. He's faster. He's better fielder. Plus, I think Talkman was like super into Game of Thrones. Like, get off the team, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> what if Dan was super into Game of Thrones? You know what? Fun fact: I've never seen a second of Game of Thrones. So. Wow, this is why I knew Dan was meant to be. Dan, yeah, exactly. Well, that guy, you just alienated that guy, right? He he loved. Dan's that. not coming on here being like anyway. So his internet went out. Come on, yeah, 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 it's true. I wanted Dan's to hear him coming on here him. being like, "Oh, Tyrone Lannister or whatever." <laughs> fuck. Right. I mean, he's I'm, gonna, he's gonna, I'm so he, looped. I'm looped. He's gonna he's gonna come on here and name drop Sinisha Nakamura, but you know, like the fucking White King or whatever the fuck. With I have 103 fever right now, and I'm doing Bye. the show, Christ, dude. My God, no, I'm just kidding. Right. That I, oh damn, I was gonna say shit. <laughs> it's like one <laughs> of two. It's like one of two. All right, so uh, I think this was a the the best episode ever. The Dan and I just took it over and ran with it. It was good while I was mind. off. It was good while I was off, and then I came in yeah. and I fucking squashed it. All right. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to episode 212 of the NYYST podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Dan, if you want to drop your handle so people can please, follow you. Please, please follow this wanna, guy, man. If yes, you want please, anything uh, you want to plug, you know, pop something, go right ahead, bud. Pop whatever you want. Hey, man, I'm trying to get to 10K followers. That's the goal right now. Wow. Get well, I'm at like 8,800, so yeah, I'm close. But, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. I'm always tweeting about stuff. Um, mostly Yankees, but you know, I hear all things around the baseball world that I put out there anyway. So Dan J Federico on Twitter, follow me on there. Yeah. Always happy to talk to you guys. Come on. Always a pleasure being on. Follow him. It's an embarrassment for Yankee Twitter that you're not at 10,000 followers. It really is. Honestly, it, it's, it blows my mind. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy, but it blows my mind that some people have so many followers and Dan J Federico doesn't have 10 K yet. It blows my mind. Dude, and other things about them might be micro micromanaging <laughs> so many different yeah. things. Micromanaging. Uh, they can't even get the 10. <laughs> I can't get people think, you know, 
Dan doesn't have Dan doesn't have baggage like some other people do. Yeah. Dan's just too clean cut. Damn, man. Dan's right, too well, clean. Dan the man. Dan, we can't thank you enough, man. Dan, you're the man, you Way bro. too long. You're probably going to catch a beating from your fiance. so we'll let yeah, you go. she's downstairs right now. She's so about to get the there, She's trying to get Game of Thrones going. Uh, Dan lied Dude, to us. They the actually thing. have a Game she's of Thrones. Game of Thrones fan. She's the biggest Game of Thrones fan. So. Yeah. But she's a marathon set up. So. Yeah. All right. Thanks, All right, guys. That, I appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. All right, so uh, thank you for listening to episode 212. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.